0: It's
1: Gentleman Jack.
0: Jack. Jack. Crack. Crack Cue that fucking jaunty music. 19th century. groveling. Grebelline. Groveling. Good role. Hi guys. Hey. Hey humans.
1: <laughs> um
0: Hey humans.
1: I don't know, something about that a cappella. Uh Jack the last uh, something that, that although whole... technically
0: you just came from a concert and we are a day removed but we removed a day because of the dophals you need some time to meditate and <sighs> let it all hit you but um... <laughs> it only took you two seconds being back in the studio to be back, back. in the dophels
1: I just it's all just hit me in the face it's I
0: thought for sure that uh, head dominant crowd would have erased
1: <laughs> no heads seem to I don't know inspire inner age.
0: R- Wait, is that what you were feeling tonight? In a rage? Uh,
1: <laughs> there was this one poor girl. She, she, a, photo- a photog, oh. you know, had to elbow in front of her for at least six songs of, for the set.
0: Yeah, we saw, oh, I guess for a British listeners, someone from over your, your side of the pond. Mahalia. Yeah, right. I actually enjoyed her. I did too. We neither of us were familiar with her before we saw her really but she's new she's young she's got a great voice i do like the titty play which let me explain that before someone listening is like titty play can what are you talking about but she was doing the the boob juggle you saw it yeah and i feel like that was against the patriarchy because i can't remember all the rules she said about like life maybe there was three maybe there was four but the last one was like don't let anyone tell you wear a bra and i was like bitch burn
1: your bras right burn them all of them
0: yes oh, so I was happy to see that she was on that little crusade but it looks like the HET concert did nothing for you uh, I
1: mean the opening was alright uh, who was it there was um, the there was Jack James I really didn't right. see him I was late i was doing stuff then there was uh, oh, was, was he hours. the loneliest funk no no I mean un- I'm wrapping no, up no, was uh, a smile no 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 <laughs>
0: I was like, the mic, Candace, as I noisily tried to remove my sandwich. But no, uh, yeah, you were there early for the opening acts. I, I was not.
1: Yeah, I wish someone would have said, hey, you early person, you know, with the VIP, you there's some perks you need to go around. The People should explain ride. VIP. Yeah, they didn't.
0: They didn't. <laughs> that venue gets a one star review from Candice. But yeah, the head crowd was supposed to palette wipe a little bit the episode that we technically watched a day ago but it didn't do that it didn't do that at all it reminded me of being like that concert i told you well i guess that we cut it from the episode but i mentioned i went to a concert many years ago and it was like one of the most like like just the energy the feminine energy in the room was out of control and playing at that concert was Annie defranco tracy chapman and katie Long. <sighs> So, as you might imagine, the energy of women, well, I'm sure there was, like, at least five dudes in there just, like, spread about the bitches. But I just remember being really young and being like, oh, my God, I don't think I've ever been in the company of so many women in my life who are definitely, definitely all queer. Like, maybe there's a head somewhere in there, but that's the head friend that came with the gays because Uh this is a very, very gay, very jaunty crowd. And I was absolutely thrilled. Well, guys, so here we are to cover episode six, or to recap episode six of Gentleman Jack, entitled... Do Ladies Do
1: That? Yes. This was a really, really rough episode. I mean, there were lots of L's carrying over from previous episodes. The L's continue to accumulate, but then there's some I mean, the L's accumulate for Anne, to be frank. She had a
0: number of W's. in the previous episodes and now they they've all transferred to L's unfortunately except for the grubble but yeah just a lot of a lot of L's being handed out Ann Lister's way and for Ann Walker I mean she is she's going through it
1: yes she is
0: and the way we end is not (laughs) it's not pleasant pleasant at all it's not pleasant it's very hard and then I found that song that kept me in the dolefuls when I was reviewing it all week and I was like oh my god I can't stop thinking about Baby Gay Ann Walker and her suffering. So we're doing something a little different um, than our typical jaunty music interlude. Because as we've said many times, if you can't tell, we were in the fucking dolefuls. Yes. And we came across... A cover of a song, a popular song, Ne Me performed by musician LaDisi recently, a few weeks ago, at the Royal Albert Hall in the UK. And if you're familiar with this song, you may already know how this is relevant to the ads, especially Ann Walker, but also, depending on the verse you're listening to, Ann Lister as well. Anyway, quick snippet from this song to set the mood for the dovels of this episode and what happens... And also, please check out the link to LaDissi's full performance at the Royal Albert Hall in the show
2: notes.
1: well all right god like I, I guess know. we're back yeah i'm just trying to figure out how to be back how to feel back how to be back yeah just how just how uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean honestly the dolefuls. um it's, the it's it's um it's 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 so far it's a bad time to be uh to be a fan of n and um to be a fan, a fan, and then. Is it a bad
0: time? <laughs> I don't. I feel
1: two ways about it.
0: I mean, I suppose we'll get into it, but I mean, it's obviously a bad time for the viewers in terms of the emotional angst that's going on and potential triggering things that are happening for people watching the show or when they were at this point in the show. But then there's also the other stuff, which is the fact that even though this is really, really sad and horrible, we generally don't get this kind of intensive story treatment with this high caliber of acting very often so um i I mean that's why I like opera and things of that nature I, I do enjoy tragedy in a certain kind of way and the beauty within it if it's if it's displayed in some sort of exquisite fashion in an art form whether that's dance or music or you know monologuing on stage or in a film tv show i so i'm not i'm not against it like i'm one of those people i can have like a good cry where i can go okay. through the emotional turmoil and be like well that was that was an experience and i enjoyed it ultimately so that's where i am with the ends because at the end of the day i'm far too appreciative that the content exists than to be upset that i'm in the dolefuls because it's not like being upset for so much other oh, queer right. content, I'm where saying... people just die, no, it's true. Or they're not given the right treatment, or they're just written off the show, or the shit just gets dropped, and you're like, oh, but I was watching for that character, and you just let the shit drop. So it's right. it's a weird, I'm it's not a weird in,
1: mix. Yeah, I don't want it to be like canceled or anything like that. I'm not what? saying that this is season. My feelings, it's not possible. It's my... been
0: renewed for two for season two. I just yeah, no, the feelings the feelings were in the pit. The, that's right. We keep using Anne's word of doleful because that's all we got. In fact, I'm drinking brandy right now, you guys. I know I'm not supposed to be drinking until the nightcap. Terrence has not taken a sip of his Jack Daniels, but
1: that's I, only because this is, you hear I've this been. Jingle? That's right. me. That's her. In the Dolefuls. Right. I, now. during the rewatch, have been um, dipping in and out of the um, the gin, but I'm pacing myself.
0: And you got that dramatic grubble call <laughs> <laughs>
1: before oh, you started yeah. recording.
0: I, I did. You guys. <laughs> I did. I was just back here like silently laughing, but. Um, I, I, mean, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know. I mean, I know there's a lot to say, but at the same time, I don't know what to say because it's just.
1: We are watching. Um, I don't know. It, this it, is LaDisi. It seemed like there was. What's the opposite of a blessing? It seems like a there curse? was there was some <laughs> sort of cosmic anti-blessing on this couple that started to uh, sow its seeds. I'm going to blame Park Hill and and,
0: and Mrs. Priestley. I, I
1: too, would also point the blame in that direction. But I'm not
0: even, like, I'm still wondering why she looks so pressed to death in Ann Walker's Night Terror. Like, why did she look so good? Like, why were her colors popping? She needed
1: to say that she saw her there. (laughs) And then she'd be like... But why
0: is Mrs. Priestley making decisions in Ann Walker's dreams? Like, that's, that's what got me fucked up.
1: I... Imagine mm-hmm. not having the agency to to be able to I don't know control things in your own dreams. Imagine lacking the agency, self-agency to that degree. I <laughs> But I think we're skipping ahead to to No, we've
0: we've skipped. We've skipped ahead. And I always get back into my marinating stance especially when I listen to music, but we are in that part of the the episode where there's a lot of music that you can pair with this show like a fine wine just to enhance (laughs) the intensity of the feelings that you're feeling because hey that's what art does why not multiply art feels on top of art feels and that's that's where i am i guess we could we could just
1: we can try to 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 dive in where i guess they bring us in with the way how the episode opens up. If you have oh, any. Oh, with Ann Lister's
0: A Bloody Mess. Mm-hmm, if you have Struggling if, to if get back inside. If you any
1: strong, sign. strong recognition of, or recollection for how episode five ends in the series, it's Ann Lister storming out of Crow's uh, uh, Nest um, on her way home. She's, oh, they remember. These oh, fucking listeners okay. remember. They know. Right. And then um, there, was a bit of a, there was a bit of a tussle and there was, you know, a she got
0: fucked up yeah I mean he got fucked up because yes, he, he wasn't did. expecting all that jaunt but yeah no she got fucked but up but then
1: there was spit in the face sorry but no I'm so upset about the spit in the face
0: I like look like I said I I would take multiple hits to my person before I would take one spit in my face because just like what it would do to me psychologically I don't need that kind of drama and poor Ann Lister she's right there when the show opens up She's she's a bloody mess Quite frankly. She's battered and bruised and she's struggling to get back into Shibden. In. You could tell her ribs hurt. Um, and um she, well, she looks into the she, dining room or the drawing room, dining room um, for a second.
1: That's the baby third wall break, even though uh, what we call those fourth wall. Breaks? Fourth wall. I love- yes. <laughs> third wall. You heard me? That is the that in case you bitch, didn't bitch, we in three dimensions right now. If in case you didn't uh chose not to believe me when I said that I was dipping into the, the gum powder uh Gen. Believe him. Believe, Lord believe it. Him. Because yes. And so um she hears the the rum with well, the, the run ons of, of Mr. Abbott. And uh, it's quite um oh, yeah, she take a peek in. She's like, Look <sighs> at this motherfucker. And she I think she could read the faces of everybody in the room as well because Elder Ann definitely was over it we already everyone at the table is over everyone
0: is even in the episode description they're like oh Dan it's over basically over mr abbott and he's just i don't even remember what he's saying but he's saying some fuck shit like he's still like you get the impression that he's not stopped talking from when episode five when he's talking and then all that shit that happened to croness and then Anne gets attacked right and he's just still running his mouth with no one able to get a word in edgewise and so Anne is like fuck this I was trying to avoid him altogether. And the only reason I'm back here within this window is because I just fought with my girlfriend and Uh I need space. Mm -hmm. And then she runs into Cordingly, who's immediately shook at her appearance.
1: She almost dropped her uh, basket.
0: Yeah, I mean, in general, you don't want to see nobody looking like that. But especially someone like Ann Lister, where you're like, holy fuck. You know, like if you're the servant, you're like, what the fuck just happened? And automatically you're going to jump to the worst possible circumstance. As a day
1: one. I was hoping that the thought was, do you need me to pull a trigger in your name somewhere? Just point me in the wow. direction. Point I me in the, the direction. Keep, I
0: love that you keep trending towards misandry, but sadly, your I name, don't think accordingly has that it, jaunt inside of her.
1: For your honor, in my name, in your name? I do it. Right. Okay. I mean, I would
0: do it. Sadly, okay. I'm not there in this fictional telling to be like, and let me go shoot this hell <laughs> No, I, yeah. So, yeah, she wants an accordingly who's like, wow. And obviously concerned, and Ann Lister's reply is, it's nothing, you know? And that she just needs some water. But she has to repeat that, like, two times, where accordingly actually replies. Like, like yes, ma'am. I yes, mean, yes, it's, ma'am. Cause cause I'm,
1: she's, Your face, Right, ma'am. she's in shock. Your face. And, like, yes, um, Ann Lister's talking, but look at her. I'm talking about she's fine. Do you want me to go in? No. Do you need me to? No. Doubles over. And I'm like... Ugh, like yeah, it's, like it's like I'm I'm paid to listen to you. Yes, you're the lady of the house. Yes, but at the same time, you need aid. Yeah, <laughs> let me yeah. let me get you aid because there there's none like you, and I I don't want to. And you're ex- hurt, right? And I don't want to think of what I don't want to think of life without 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 you. Oh Lord! When she said, "Do you want me to call Mr.
0: Kenny?" <laughs> I mean, that's when she went when we actually get into the room. When she like. And Lister's basically struggling with everything. She struggles to get into her room. Right. She struggles to take, to take her take jacket, jacket off. off. Obviously, those ribs are really hurting. She looks at her face for a second before she looks down at her bloody hands and knuckles. And they're kind of shaking, probably part from adrenaline yeah. as well as the pain. And her head is down and she's just kind of like slumped when Cordinely comes in with the water. And finally, like, ma'am, like, what happened? Ma'am, ma'am, could you, ma'am, ma'am, I'm concerned. I'm really, really scared at this moment. To which Anne is just like, nothing. Yet again, which is her customary reply, like, nothing. It's all good. Even though obviously, obviously it's not all good. I'm just going to say it's all good right now. And when Elizabeth asks if she can help clean her up, Anne immediately and very sternly, is like, no. Like it's insulting to her. And then she softens up a bit after that, probably realizing like, oh, that was harsh. Because look at me, I look a hot mess where she says, thank you, I'll do it. I mean, it's a, it's a small thing, but it seems obvious that Ann Lister is not about letting Courtingly clean her up or probably anyone for that matter. If I had to guess she would allow someone to help clean her up and take that, that sort of um, physical comfort, it would be Ann Walker and right. that's it. And so she kind of bitterly replies no accordingly before saying, Thank you, I'll do it.
1: Oh, uh, did she ask her if she would like some brandy? We get the nay for the brandy. The name for the brandy? No, the nay. We oh, get the nay like. She she was don't want like nothing. No.
0: She's just like get out. I need this
1: water. Leave. Please. I need time. Is this what we could plug in? Do you want me to send for Dr. Kenny?
0: that was hilarious she asked if um if she should get her aunt if she tell her aunt and after she's like no, no no she's like dr kenny and that's great because we get the first bit of levity for the episode with <laughs> analysts are laughing like <laughs> that hurt her her ribs she was like dr kenny bitch bitch no no you cannot call dr kenny that's not what we need
1: and then she's oh by the way uh this parcel came in for you in the mail we were like oh yeah we know what that is yeah, I wasn't the most excited to see this parcel uh, make its way into the episode so swirly on. In such a fashion. Right. It's impeccable timing,
0: accordingly, to be like, hey, by the way, a parcel. And Anne's like, I know what's in that parcel. We're like, we know what's in that parcel. It's probably a ring. Probably Onyx ring, you know, with some diamonds around the side. And sure enough, she opens that motherfucking box, and that's exactly what we get.
1: So quarterly is doing her you know, her hovering, and she's told, um, you have things to do. Like, <laughs> like there's, there's a house that needs running. That's 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 why you're here. Just, you know, do like, Get to
0: work, bitch. Right, Get to don't work. Don't worry about me. But it's interesting because, I mean, this whole episode, I mean, I've said enough times, but both, all the cast, the whole cast does an incredible job. Extraordinary job throughout the series. But, you know, like anything else, there are particular episodes where you sort of feel like, a thespian is maybe dialing in a little bit more and giving some more intensity. And Saran Jones has multiple points in which she does that for Ann Lister. But I really feel like in many ways, this is Sophie Rundle's strongest episode. Certainly okay. today, certainly to date, but also as it relates to like the legacy of Ann Walker, especially now that I've watched the show you know, again, and again, and again, and again, with the new and renewed perspective that the books give you and all the extra stuff that I've been able to find out or gleam about Ann Walker, it has just improved and increased my overall appreciation for Sophie Rundle and her performance as Ann Walker because she just fucking nails it. And it's a heartbreaking performance, but it's a fucking, I I feel like it's on point. And I found the scene, this opening scene, kind of devastating because it's kind of it's kind of got some striking symbolism because for most of the show people are lobbing weapons at ann lister which you could consider oh this is a stab in the back this is a stab in the heart this is a kick to the gut and for essentially the whole time with slight exceptions for veer i shan't say no in her flashbacks we see ann lister jaunting about strong as hell and if she falters for a second it's in her face it's in her eyes, but then she's back on it, and she's not really showing anybody that she's hurt or that that affected her. And in this moment, there's no option. Like the reality of her life is actually on her face, battered, broken, unsure. And I, I sort of feel like as the as these scenes go on in the morning, it's why she she's not so good at hiding the bullshit like she normally is. When we end up getting to that next that next scene, but uh, yeah, it's a good punch that we get with this fucking intro scene and then you know like you said to cap it off with the ring it's like oh really wow thanks sally appreciate that i know it's based off real life but still and then we're 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 at the next morning right well okay so opening? we get the credits Credit. i mean yeah.
1: jaunty music <laughs>
0: maybe i should maybe there's was... so few jaunty music right. i suppose i
1: <laughs>
0: it, <it's>... i almost <laughs> Let wanted me... to say it
1: was out of place jaunty music but it was the intro sequence so it can't be that. It's
0: literally the worst intro sequence to jaunty music we've had this entire time on the show because we're like, oh, this is this is fucked up. And okay, roll credits.
1: Yeah, it is. You're right. There's so few places where they are. So we gotta...
0: This episode has maybe like two, two. or three yeah. places. So even though we're not feeling especially jaunty, we must do it. Well, guys. <laughs> we're jaunting out of these horrible, horrible credits. And... Uh, into the first scene. Which is less horrible and kinda of funny, right?
1: Is this the lambasting of the absent uh absent Aunt Lister for breakfast?
0: It's a yeah, it's a number of things.
1: Oh, and also the what happened to your face. Yes, I mean it's <laughs> that's the biggest thing
0: is what happened, and so that's actually how it happens, is that Aunt Anne is like, Oh wall Because Anne Lister is clearly in the story and it's not making much sense to her aunt or the Captain. Captain Lister's just like, What the fuck were you? What are you doing walking on a wall in the dark? The fuck? Oh well, yeah. And she's like walking, walking on it. Yeah. That's why. But and the Aunt wind. Anne is no, but Aunt Anne is like, but why? <laughs> why? And Captain is like, that that wall's like 50 feet tall, right? <laughs> I'm like, it's not that tall. Fifteen feet is not that tall. But I suppose that's Ann Lista living dangerously. Anne is pretty quick to the lie of when Aunt Anne is like, Well, okay, but where? Where was the wall? And she's like, Oh, it was that road. It was you no know, the the road to Lightcliff by the lead. Street. Good. I'm like, what All is that right. wall? But that's what Captain Lister's was like. Isn't that wall 15 feet tall? What the hell? And I do like that. Even though Anne is totally depressed and in the doleful, she's like, well, it wouldn't be worth it, <laughs> if, it any, if it was any, it was any smaller,
1: well, right?
0: So it's like, yeah, that's that's the Ann Lister spirit that's poking out, even though she's totally broken and battered at this time. Which is like, yeah, bitch, like adventurous.
1: And I don't know if it was uh, Marion just trying to change the subject, but. The answer to why was because she's Anne. (laughs) See, I feel two ways about that.
0: I actually feel like that was Marion being a really great sister. And whether or not we can read into that in real life is debatable because we just know that they argued a lot in Anne Lister's diaries. But Sally has chosen to take an interpretation that I too would take, which is that even if you argue a lot with your sibling, like there's... Usually, hopefully, some sort of love there at the bottom of it that's like, hey, like we're kind of ride or die. And so Marion is younger, she can see the face, and she says later, like, this doesn't look like something that comes from falling off a wall. So, whether or not she's able to convince with enough good words her aunt and her father that, okay, this is just a wall incident. Marion knows from the start that something is up, but she also knows that Anne doesn't talk about shit and she doesn't like to talk about shit. In fact, she hates to be vulnerable. And if she's going to be vulnerable with something and talking, it's going to be kind of on her terms and to her aunt, not right. really to anyone else and certainly not at fucking breakfast for everyone to scrutinize. So I think in a weird way, I mean, this is my interpretation of it, that Marion was helping to sell the story by saying, well, it's because it's Anne," because she clearly doesn't believe the story. So why would she help to sell the story unless she was like trying to help her out? And so I think that's her trying to sell the story of like, well, this is and this is what she does. And well, heights are fun. I feel like I gave my mom some excuses like that when I was doing stuff in New York City, like roof jumping and like destroying my knees. She was like, Why, Candace? And I was oh. like, But why not, mother? For I can you. take these jumps. <laughs> no, For but you, I I've the paid niece? the price. No, I've paid the price. I paid the price. I've, paid the, I've price. paid the price. Like there was like when I look back at myself and like young me, like child me was like I'm going to jump these six flights of stairs because I can do it and then jump it and then just tuck and roll at the bottom and be like yeah whatever look I don't have those those kinds of knees anymore between all my bullshit and my climbing and then sports I blame tennis and uh, basketball they took me out I had two very specific ankle injuries and knee things that were like yeah well (laughs) well (laughs) my poor Achilles tendon yeah I was out the game Any of you listeners out there, former athletes, then you probably, too, can relate. Or dancers, because, whew. But yes, and and Lista, you know, clearly, I mean, we already know this. She has a penchant for for adventure and doing fun things. And they kind of reminisce for a little bit back when she was younger. Oh, that was a long ways. That was a long ways since. (laughs) (laughs) Where she was climbing shit and being jaunty. And one of the stories they relay is, what is it? She says something like, well, it's not as bad as that time I walked across the parapet of North Bridge. <laughs> <I didn't laughs> the time it but flooded. But when did you do that? And Anna's like, why am I learning new stuff about you right now? Where did she say? 1815. Right. She says yes. 1815 and that she had to because, well, she had to go into Halifax because she was running out of ink. And bitch, if she can't write... Is right. she living? Okay. Well, I would imagine that there's a really long list that Aunt Anne uh-huh. does not know about that yes. just Anne Lister could later be like, oh, that was 1812. She's like,
2: 1812?
0: 1812!
1: As you so. notice, the captain was calm. I'm sure the captain knows most of these stories, has single handedly removed Anne Lister from said debaucherous situations himself. And
0: also, he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. I mean, that's and that's totally something that comes across in the diaries that, like, and would we'll say some shit to her dad. And he'd be like, whatever. <laughs> like, I just feel like he's off without fucks to give. And maybe that's what happens when you're at the tea party, as he was over there in the Americas and back um, in the UK. I-, I-, I don't really know what's going on with Captain Lista, except that he is too old to give many shits about right. anything. And that's probably fun. And that's maybe where you should be when you're his age. Just like out of like, why should the world stress you out when you're Agreed. his age? Agreed. Like You should be done with that.
1: Right. And, of course, to swing everyone's attention away from Ann Lister, as she always does, uh, Marianne reels it in and says, "Um, well, you missed Mr. Abbott. She's been steaming this entire time. (laughs) She's literally been waiting.
0: Like, she did the best she could to be like, I need to be a decent person. Ann is injured. We need to let her say something about this before I go to what my actual first topic of the day is, and that's Abbott. That's motherfucking Abbott.
1: And, of course, she's like a... Oh, that was today. Oh. <laughs> no, no. First, oh, she's was... like, who? Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> who? I love the who. You're right. She says, who? Who? And he's,
0: she's like, what? She's like, oh, yeah, um, that's right. Uh, that was today. My bad. <laughs> and Marion is like, I swear to God, you are the literal fucking worst.
1: And then, of course, she asks about it. Well, how was it? And she's like, "Um, well, it went well. And it cuts to... Marion
0: sounds way more perky than that. She's like, it went well. Which is why it's even worse when it cuts to (laughs) fucking on Anne. And on Anne and Jeremy are like, bitch, I don't... Oh, God. Bitch. um And then
1: she looks at them and she doubles back. She's like, are you sure? Yeah, and it looks just like, look at the silence, look at their faces. Are you sure it went all right? Yeah, after the, are you sure? Elder Anne. I right, Aunt subject. Ann Walker. She changed the subject she's because she's like, This is not a fun subject <laughs> for anybody. Right. So let's
0: go to a fun subject for Ann. She's like, uh, how's, how's Ann? How's Ann Walker? Right. How's, how is walker? She? how's was, your future walker? Onto to things that I'd rather talk about. And, and then- Ann Lister is like, Bitch, you actually have no idea how deeply I do not want to talk about this. And actually, I had managed somehow at this table to not think about little Miss Walker for 10 whole seconds. And here you go asking me how she's doing and she can't even manage to get a lie out like she did about the wall because immediately she's overcome with emotion and feels sick and she has to excuse herself she can't even get the sentence out she's like oh and it's excellently written excellently played when you are that upset and your body starts to turn against you entirely and give you things like nausea and the shakes because you're just so upset that's where ann lister is where this is one of those few times where she's not in control and you know she doesn't like it she hates to not be in control and here she is just subject to the whims of her body with where her emotions take her
1: and she's um followed camera wise towards outer shibden uh where she's dry heaving clinging to the wall yeah right, retching and um shortly on our heels is uh, Marion. And I'm like, wow, so no one cares about breakfast? Or you're really concerned about your sister? I don't know that breakfast should is right. a... <laughs> uh, you know, right. The thing to... Is the best. Right. Um, and then, uh, so that's when we get the iconic line of, you know, those aren't the type of injuries you sustain from falling off a wall. Indeed. Which, you know, speaks to she her, lets her know that she
0: Right. It's it's one of those two things, because I, even though Marion just kind of like, well, you know, it would actually mean a lot to me. Like, I'd be very grateful if you could just try with Dr. or with Mr. Abbott. And I think that's her way because we've seen Marion in the very first episode and other times where she tries with Anne. She's like, hey, so... I mean, we remember the whole exchange where she's like, so you got a letter? Got a letter from Mrs. Lawton. Is thats is that Mrs. Lawton? Did she write? And so she gets it. She knows what's going on. We don't have to say it, I don't think, in, you know, plain terms for her to be like, are you grumbling right now? For her to be like, Anne is having problems with her girl. Look at how she was jaunting two episodes ago. And now she's beat up and at the sheer mention of Ann Walker, she's running off to get sick. And so I feel like that was a little thing. She probably was trying to give Ann an open to say something, but she knew she wasn't going to take it because she never does. Where she's like, you know, that's not how you get those injuries. Pregnant pause. Well, if you could try to do
1: something with Mr. Abbott, that would be great. That would be great if you could just. I mean, I, she's just got pains, you know, she's dealing with. I mean, I understand why you weren't there in
0: she literally is like, if you could just make an effort, because Mr. I Abbott, I'd be in grateful. my
1: head an alternate universe and sits down for breakfast, bloody, and <laughs> it will read as dramatic to her sister, where it's like, you could, we just want you. To, she would have been very angry that she would have showed up. Then, oh, so you want uh, her to show up to Mr. Abbott, all bloody? N- no, no. What I'm saying is, if she would have shown up, Mary would have still had an issue with it because all the attention would have then been poured onto.
0: Well, yeah, that's why you don't do that. Propriety and shit. You know, the English at this time. They're all about the manners and how you do things. So it's just uncouth, uncouth. And Marion would never forgive her. I mean, she's still not over the mud on her face. Oh, right. And her you boots. Remember? So right. she was coming I'm out of the cold, so. i
1: you. I was like, oh, my God.
0: And then she walked right into a big pile of horseshit. Yes,
1: that <laughs> right in front of that guy, too. I was like, oh, see?
0: And I'm then because good. Sally is like, Candace, you will be in the Dolefuls this entire time. We cut to, after Marion leaves her to her thoughts and her dry heaving, which sucks, because that's not the worst kind of puke when there's not much there to puke, but you still have the feeling to puke. And so we cut to um, Anne writing to motherfucking Mariana Lawton, everyone's favorite ex, where she writes, dearest Mary, since I am more eager than ever to be off, I am keen to acquire a groom, which you recall. I have been without since George Playforce's demise before Playforce.
1: Got shot out of a tree. Right. <laughs> at Langton earlier this year. So I was at Isabella's
0: Isabella's It's crib. been
1: some time it's without a, a groom. It's been a minute. And, which is why she hasn't been um, riding because she would be have to steer do it herself exactly which i don't mind apparently apparently everyone else minds it right right do
0: you think about this for me i should like a good strong english groom who would do anything in the world for me a little enterprise necessary otherwise he will soon tire of the continent long before i am likely to have any inducement to return from it and it's like okay so here, here here we are you're writing to mariana you're letting her know you're back on the travels and for anyone who's been paying attention to the anthology life that is at Lister, there are certain patterns of behavior that come into play when things happen. And Mariana replies, "'Dearest Fred, this is a man who might suit. He has lived two years with our neighbors, the Kidderslees, and is a native of Lawton, a remarkably handsome man called Thomas Beach. He understands horses and carriages and would much like to go abroad. He has a good character and I believe would do anything in the world to make himself useful to you. Tell me, Fred.' Is it Miss Walker of Crow Nest with whom you plan to travel? And it's like, oh! I also like the way they shot this with, like, just spliced <laughs> in scenes of Mariana yeah. getting the
1: letter and then and Lister reading, reading. or writing the letter. And it and seemed like versa. she was responding in time. <laughs> like, right. there's a pause here, so I'm going to just interject what I would say. There is a
0: moment where she's, like, <laughs> reading Mariana's letter and just speaking to yes. it, which, of course, she had to have done <laughs> in real life because Mariana says some wild shit. Like, I know for a fact when she wrote that letter about Charles, not dying still. She was like, why did you even say this? Who needs an update that a motherfucker not dead yet? The still alive. He's still alive. Just FYI, is he? I think he's going to live an extra 10 years. Like, he was, I thought he had the fucking, <laughs> I thought he had pneumonia, but it turns out he's stronger than ever. Oh, yeah. So they write to each other. And after Mariana asked that question at the end of her letter, and we see Anne reply, no, Mary, it isn't. And Mariana then replies, you mentioned her twice in your last as, quote, my friend, And we know that all means grubbler for everyone who knows Anne Lister decently well or half a piece of well. They have Anne replying in the scene as, did I? (laughs) Girl, you know you did. You take so much care and attention to writing a goddamn letters. You know exactly what the fuck you said. And then we have Mariana as replying or saying additionally, Quote, and as you are not wont to bestow the title lightly, I am puzzled to understand how she has so quickly succeeded in adding herself to the list so designated.
1: Oh, right? And she's like, hmm.
0: Girl, it's called a thirst. Okay. It's called, and Lister has never seen thirst like this before. That's why. That's how she managed to get herself to the list so designated.
1: So I'm guessing if we do apply jaunty music, she's looking for some sort of recharge she's been depleted by her circumstances so i'm guessing her getting on with moving on to the next chapter her not being uh, tethered to shibden hall anymore being held meant to leave she might as well have regressed to where she was when she first got back after Veer, right. right?
0: Because she gets that that knowing letter from Mariana that's like, mm. which is the same Mariana that was just at Shibden, right? For the same shits on her same fuck shit, like Freddie getting into these scrapes, Freddie. So she can see the pattern. She can see that it's right. It's right in front of her eyes. And does not have to say, "I was grumbling as hell for all these months." For Mariana to be like, "You've you found a new girl." All that Mariana can hope for is that none of them are more courageous than she is. That none of right. them are willing to do the thing that she was not going to do because that is her her gigantic fear. I don't know. I I mean, kudos to the actress. What is it, Lydia Leonard? Because she looked way too cheerful while she was reading. Like it, like, it was just the small things in her face when she was reading that letter. But I was like, okay, that's good, hashtag acting, because I feel Mariana's shady energy from this frame of, like, how right. she is feeling good that Anne is feeling bad, which is a right. fucked up thing. It's a fucked up right. thing. It's really fucked. You should not be delighting And your
1: love is pain. Well, I mean, those work to her benefit when she's not happy. It means it's sort of like how in present day we hear about a celebrity who's a performance artist, maybe an R.B. singer who's known for their breakup songs. That they just got out of a long-term good this relationship. This sounds like a page we six hear? blind
0: item. Like, you know those things they, they post in the daily news where they're like, blind item. But it's like an obvious thing about celebrity because you yeah. just totally did that. I feel like half the listeners who, Well, yeah, like, we you, know, you know. Right,
1: right, right. And then all of a sudden, oh, there's a breakup. Oh, that means the next album's going to be great. That's how people feel about it. Because they're like, it's not about the fact that you're not happy. It's about what we're going to give to each other. Meaning Yo, what I'm, you're going to give I'm to me? I am still never over the fact happy.
0: that fucking dude from Full Full House. Oh yeah, was Leanna's- the one responsible for? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I don't know.
0: Sorry, guys, but, it's but true. um, right. You know, what, <laughs> you know what? just came into my mind. This is such a random story, but it was like I don't know, like I don't know, six or seven years ago when rock bands was really popular, and like I just ended up in this scene. But you do karaoke, so you should know what the scene is of people who are just being ridiculous. But it was like the scene. It was a bunch of other uh, creatives I worked with. And we started doing like rock band things, tournaments. And um, I <laughs> I had never played until I, did, until I got into that thing. And then I got obsessed in a certain kind of way because my perfectionism came out. And I was like, I'm going to play this the best way I can play it. And so I, there was a performance with my friend who English is not his first language. And Alanis came on. And let me tell you something. That's the a mini- lot of words. Right. It's a lot of words. So he started fucking up right away. And you know, I don't know if you remember, but with Rock Band, the minis start fucking up, they start to right, boo you. They do. And so I was riding the cheer wave for like nine songs. We got mad points. We are upgrading our shits. We were doing great. And Atlantis comes on and we start getting booed and the things start dropping. I freaked all the way out, Terrence, on my oh, friend. No. And he remembers this. I was like, hey! I was like, give me the mic, give me the mic, give me the mic. But it was too late by the time I got the mic to me because I was Jerry trying to do the guitar up. and do the lyrics because I didn't want to lose like that. But you just reminding me because if there's anything that I can sing on demand, on command. I mean, there's a lot of songs, random things, when Houston, Mamas and Papas. But one of them, L.A.S. Morissette. Right. Yeah. I don't know. So I was like, how is it that this song came on in karaoke and I was destined to perform this and my friend. With his bad, bad English accent. I was like, <laughs> whatever you can imagine, who speaks English really horribly, that's my friend. Okay? Thomas? I'm going to just Thomas. I'm <laughs> upset at you because Thomas is British. He's speaking English. <laughs> to all of our lovely Brit out there, Terence uh, is ridiculous. He's like, Thomas doesn't speak English.
1: I mean, he does, but it's just like, where do you place it? I just need a town. If I could get a town, I could, I could hammer it Oh, there was more Brandy in that step than I expected. Hello. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so because uh, now I feel I like watching like it's a song, it's your jam, and you see the meter going down, and you're hearing the booze, and you're not doing anything wrong. Like if you're especially like because when you hit all the right notes and stuff, your thing turns blue because you're in like a groove, right?
0: Right, you, just, <laughs> you get into the wave, and right. it's just like I just like I'm that person. That can be a little too ridiculous, and I fully, I fully know this about myself, which is why I embrace it. And when I do games and stuff with people who don't know me, I'm like, just, just be aware. It was like um, anything from like categories to like charades to motherfucking taboo. Like, if my partner is a hot mess, like we are going to have a whole entire fight and it's breakdown for everybody. Time. Yeah, it's gonna be, and it was so great because the last time I played a game like that, I was partnered with a friend who was like me. And so we, every time something went wrong, we were like, "Ah!" and we were literally playing against the team. That was the exact opposite. Zero fucks, Terrence. Zero fucks. We don't care about these categories. We don't care what's going on. We don't even care. We just, we just got points. And so you just imagine how that fucking game session went. Whatever. Um, you know, don't maybe play games with your friends and drink and <laughs> do other stuff. <laughs> yeah, I said all that to say that um, I have problems. I guess. I guess that's I mean, the, that's hey, the cliff notes. You have a winner's attitude. That's what you
1: have. And that's all right. It is okay to have I that. like
0: to win. That's the issue. I, I really enjoy winning. I blame the competitiveness in me. That's why I played sports. Hashtag,
1: I, I need applause to live.
0: <laughs> I don't need applause. <laughs> I just need... Okay, maybe
1: a type of applause. <laughs> <laughs> like that Rachel Berry applause? Like... I saw something on... Uh...
0: On Twitter, that was talking about overachievers or like gifted children, like people who are in that category, like probably having anxiety and things of that um, nature, perfectionism issues. Yeah. Like, but yeah, no, it's accurate. It's accurate. And being a first Jenna um, child of a of an immigrant, as all immigrant children know, the pressure for academia and stuff like that is outrageous.
1: That's like being the Kardashian that's not famous or have a product actively selling right now. You know, Chris is like, so. <laughs> so you're just gonna just live and. And not be a billionaire. Like, <laughs> like the it's, pressure. Right.
0: Like, the absolute fucking pressure. Um, but yes, poor Anlista. She's falling into old behavior patterns, reaching out to Mariana, planning to travel for unknown periods of time just till whenever. She's trying to get her job back. Anything she but feels staying like in
1: Halifax. Anything but being in Halifax. Her mojo has been... Um, Un-mojoed. Unmojoed
0: right so she's just trying to get her mojo back she's, she's looking... always had the wanderlust that's true she's always wanted to go places right she's times. just trying to
1: remember who she is and she feels that she is not shipped in whole. so yeah she's just looking for her
0: way out i feel like yeah this is her self-preservation mode it's like something turns on and she's like oh okay gotta protect myself which step one get the fuck out of
1: halifax right because there's <laughs> no, no one here people, who can help who can me. help
0: me there's no one who can help me there's no future wives i gotta go
1: So after the letter exchanges play out, oh, she jumps
0: off the windowsill. That's where she like she has like a mini jaunt after that. Like she's in the dolefuls, and then after that letter exchange and everything, we see her jump off the windowsill and then right back, where she says, "Oh, my dearest Mary, sounds like your groom would suit me down to the ground."
1: Yes. So and
0: um, yes, and then we cut to oh, I do quite love this scene, but it's it's oh Anne, yeah, it's. uh... <laughs> Look on your face. If only facial expressions could make noises. This scene is Ann Lister having her broken heart to heart, her broken hearted heart to heart with her auntie. And uh there's a lot of hums in this episode, also. I don't know if you noticed, was there's a lot of hmm And I'm like, that's contemplative, Ann. When she's you're saying hmm, 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 every two seconds, it's because she has a lot of her mind potentially.
1: uh uh, is this when she first enters into the scene? Uh, Elder Anne tells her that uh, one of the Rawson servants came by and dropped off a note, and then she's like, "Which Rawson?" She
0: walks into the room, and immediately she's like, "So, Mariana may have found me a groom, and that she says she's going to put him on wages straight away. Oh, good! And then yes. she can be off again whenever. But then she's like, "Of course, your health and the weather permitting, because that's always her primary priority." Is is my aunt okay before I can leave? To which that Aunt Anne is like, um, so, like, Jeremiah, he left the thing, if you want to see the thing. Right. And then she gets the note, and Mm. she reads the note. She looks annoyed while reading the note. As she should. Yep. Plays with her bruised lip. In thought, which I think is perturbed thought, before her auntie asks, what does he want? I think she replies to discuss the terms of the co-lease again. Again. it's like, Again. Again! Again! We've already done this. We've We've done this. We've done this so many times. times. I'm over this rerun. And then she lays out on the chair, puts her feet up, and we get to see her cherry leather boots, which on a side note, I do quite enjoy cherry leather boots. Her aunt asks her if she's all right. And that's when Anne replies with a hmm. And she doesn't really respond right away. And then then aunt Anne does what she tends to do, Mm -hmm. which is like, let me gossip. So what's going on over here? Like, you know, Mr. Abbott is a—he's a real piece of shit. I, I can't—I can't stand his motherfucker. I tried motherfucker. to
1: warm up to him. It just—there uh, t- was no facet. There, I, there was no way. I mean, I don't—I don't understand. Just wasn't going to work for me at all. Hope no, you he's, uh,
0: how? How can she like someone who was out there talking real, real liberal about her leg ulcers and they just met? Like, how are you not familiar with a person and you're talking about their illnesses and ailments? That's not. I feel like that's. Just crossing oh, right. the line.
1: And the age. Just everything. You know, this house is old. You're old. You know, you should get heated floors.
0: If Anne knew, she'd have had that motherfucker horse whipped.
1: Oh, but, I know. Uh, right? And I would
0: like to see it. I would like to see any horse whipping. But then Aunt Anne does try to pull a something nice on it. She's like, but you know, if if Marion likes him, and she seems to, then that's got to be something. And I'm like, yo. oh, Oh, no. She also adds that he's done very well for himself. And surely that's something. <laughs> and I'm like, this is... This is the problem with the patriarchy. <laughs> and it's like, these these standards are so fucking low for marrying right. dudes
1: in this show. It's like, what? Lord. And then she says, and I don't like this because this is one of those, this, feel, this felt like one of those, you know, your auntie's not going to be around much longer kind of things. Oh, she's she like Mr. Abbott? It would mean the world to me if I could see the two of you both. Essentially, saying that she was like settled. Both she wants to see them both settled. settled. Like, but she's
0: not wrong. I mean, they she's old not as fuck.
1: Wrong.
0: And by old but, as fuck, I mean for then. Like they really old. As clearly, Mister Abbott is like, wow, one foot in the grave. I mean, he's so rude. But that's what he says. He's like, this is the 19th century. So what I see here is you almost in the grave. Like you're half past to death, or like 15 to death.
1: She starts to. It's not really a guilt lead, but she's essentially saying it would mean the world to me if I could see the two of you settled. Meaning, yes, we don't love Mr. Abbott, but on the other hand-
0: See, and that's, <laughs> I mean, she's talking about Marion, but I really feel like she's talking to Anne Lister in that passive aggressive right. way she does, because that's how she gets it out. In episode one, when the whole veers, I shan't say no, was still relevant. That was how she kind of, we could see, everyone could see, but especially her, she could see the devastation on Anne Lister's face and how she really needed that hug and just kind of like to be in the bosom of someone who really cared for her and she could just like get that that comfort from versus say you know that first part of the conversation where she just like, okay, you're not gonna answer me. What's wrong? Okay, so let me just start talking about. Oh, you know, little Miss Walker of Croness is over here. And, oh, can you believe this, that, and the other? And blah, blah blah blah. And in this roundabout way, I'm actually telling you things that will help you mm-hmm. because I want you to be settled. This is that same thing where she's like, okay, yeah, but even if Marion, but I would be great to have you both settled. And really, I'm not talking about Marion. I'm not really that concerned with Marion being settled right now. Let's be honest. Last episode, we saw how concerned I was with Marion being settled. I'm talking about you because clearly something's wrong with you you were the older sister you are upset something's happened and i'm just i this is goes back to episode one too she's like i don't want to see you get hurt i don't want to see you go through pain and what an endless to say at that time how can we hope i mean i'm paraphrasing but she's like what's a little like how can i hope to be happy like risk the pain for some happiness i believe she also
1: mentions that uh that uh miss walker is i don't know if she unveils what exactly she's going through but she says that something of she's had a change of mind um, and that she doesn't feel that they'll be going off together. She well hopes. that's
0: how she that's how she starts it is that she's that there's like a little bit of a pregnant pause in between that and then she volunteers after the hmm because she does another one of those before saying out loud that she's afraid that everything between her and Miss Walker you know may be all off. And then we get this wonderfully acted scene from Saran Jones where she goes from devastation to joy, then being smitten and then frustration and anger. She's going through all of it as she's reliving essentially these past several weeks she spent with Ann Ann Walker and all the emotions that come with that. And it's incredible to watch. I mean, I think she does a great job because Ann Lister is such a complicated woman. And when you read the diary entries, you see how complicated she is and how she's having like these levels of emotions in each situation. And I just feel like she she captures that turmoil exquisitely in this moment where she's just going between all these different things. And I have it here what she says, quote, I think she may be too nervous and insipid for me. It's a shame because I am I become rather more fond of her than I ever imagined I would. I really had started to think that we could both be good for one another. Irrespective of all her money, (sighs) and then her face completely and totally, ridiculously lights up as she says these next lines, which is like, and she's so sweet, she's so good natured, she's so kind, and she. (laughs) And this is where, if I could have phased through the floor, I would have phased through seven floors because um, the. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like love, just say it, say it, love it, love.
1: She's was like, she are, wait, wait, wait,
0: looks up to me. Right. And I was like, okay. And I get it. I get it. In fact, I actually think it's a bit of a brilliant writing by Sally Wayne right? because we don't have um, definitive information to say Aunt Anne knew about this or so-and-so knew about right. this. But I imagine that if you're trying to walk the line of uh, this person doesn't say things or this character doesn't say things overtly, but it's heavily implied and people get it. But this is one of those
1: ways that like
0: she could say things without saying things. Yeah, you know? I
1: agree. Um, I I like the other catch that she did where she was like, um, she just, when she went to, she looks up to me and I'm like, hmm, okay. Where she was trying to say that she needed to, um, I don't want to say trust her, her heart. Oh no, she, yeah, that comes up (laughs) later where
0: she's like, uh, where is it? I just look at my all caps. God, she loves you, Ann. She's so fucking in love with you. And her, you with her. Someone kill me because the pain. Uh-huh. That's literally in all caps. You can look at it. You it's here hear my notes. notes. It's right. in all caps. Gotta it's gotta all caps. Day, murder guys. me. This and that's a good adorable. kind of murder that we usually talk about. No, right. the, bad, the bad, the bad kind of murder. I'm so freaking upset. And you know, I flashed back to when our lovely baby gay was near, was, uh, or Ann Lister was finally near queer, the baby gay. And literally gets near queer. I love you okay if please. that isn't the gayest shit nature it's so gay it's so gay Uh. okay sorry sorry mm. right so after that she says after she's like she looks up to me she continues saying and i can certainly do her more good than any single one of her tribe relations which bitch that is nothing but the gospel truth to which aunt Anne is like well then what's the problem because you know this seems perfect and when I first envisioned this match, that's exactly what I thought. That it would be perfect. And everything you're saying to me makes it seem like it's a perfect match. So what, it, what, what happened? And basically, Ann Lister's reply is them. Them. Mm-hmm. Those people. The haters of Halifax. They the are st-
2: Them. Obviously. Not you. Not you. Mind. Them,
0: though. Them. She's like, all of them. They filled her head with nonsense. Nasty nonsense about me Till she doesn't know whether she's coming or going. She just wants some courage. The courage to follow her. And here's where you're lying. Right. Uh-huh. Her, her heart. Her heart. <laughs> And then Set. she's like, her instincts God, to let nature be her guide. <laughs> and I'm just like, girl. Huh. So what happens after that? See. Oh, you know what I noticed in that scene, too, is that this just came back to me but when she says you, her <laughs> and then goes to instincts. She like clutches at her chest. And what I'll be interested to see because I don't remember. I don't think I read it. And if I did, I don't remember. But I don't remember seeing or reading about a script note that would direct Saran Jones to clutch at her chest right. when she's when her body, once again, is betraying her mouth. You know, where she's like, I'm saying this with my mouth, but my body, I couldn't even help the fact that I clutched my chest while I said her... <laughs> and then I said instincts. I mean instincts. Instincts is what it is. And I don't know, and I'll be curious to see afterwards like if that is something Sally said or if that was something Saran Jones came up with on her own because I know for me personally, when I'm really like the way my empathy works, especially like visual stuff, like it, I can feel physical pain, especially in my chest. And so I I was wondering, I mean, I don't know, that's pretty meta on what Saran could have been thinking or Sally or is it in the script or whatever for her to have like, potentially in my mind, that physical reality of she's talking about Ann Walker and pain, pain in my chest and I have to grab my chest. But she doesn't say chest. She doesn't say heart. She says instincts.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering if it could be a play on that. Um, Marriage of that along with her actual physical state of health in the present moment right. because we aren't removed enough in time to wear her rib cage and insides are God, don't, where they look, need to be I
0: feel like you're getting to fucking some Grey's Anatomy internal bleeding and I need you to stop I mean and Lister's invincible she will not she be is, she will not. She is an immortal lesbian you're right yes she is but immortal. no she can't, she can't no internal injuries happening now alright I just refuse to accept your theory. I'm sorry. I'm like, no, no. It was a very good theory. Really enjoyed it. I'm just rejecting all of it. But that's just because I cannot stand. And I mean this very, very real and true. I cannot stand the image of a battered woman in any way, sense or form. It is just something that does not work. Candace's psyche. Candace will do really weird and insane things. I mean, I think the first time I ran headfirst into a domestic dispute, I saw on the street, I was like 13. And my mom was like, "Candace, what? <laughs> and so she's like, don't do that. Don't do that. You get hurt. And I'm just like, I can't though. Like I just, just the vision, just the image of a woman who looks like she's maybe in physical distress is going to put me in a certain state of mind. And so just this whole thing, just seeing Saran Jones in this, in this way, I can't. I'm, right. not, I'm not okay with it at all. And it's the entire episode that I have to stare at her face like that. And to her credit, she does an extraordinary job in this episode of just giving those levels to Ann Lister, where she's trying to keep it together with her business. She's trying to be strong for Ann Walker. She's trying to make it make it make sense for herself back at Shibden, like, it's fine. I can be off. I could travel. Let me write these things to Mariana like it's true. But all of it is like in some weird contradiction of nothing is true. Right. All of these are all of this is false. So she finishes when she talks about them saying, quote, but she won't. She'll just stay there surrounded by them and her world will get smaller and sadder until one day there'll be nothing left. She'll be as dry as a stick and then she'll disappear. Tib! Okay, <laughs> I do want to tell y'all, pour some liquor out for Tib and yes. being dry as a stick because we did, even though this scene is very sad and we were right up in there, we could not help. We both, Patreon supporters, you guys will hear that ridiculous laugh that happened in this very sad moment where she's like, dry as a stick and immediately we're like, ha 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 It's weird. When your eyes are welling up, but still you have the ability to laugh like that. But those are one of my superpowers, in case you guys are wondering.
1: Uh, is this when we get the question of, so then who you travel with?
0: Not yet. There's like a bit of a beat. And literally as a tear falls from her eye, she says, and I could make her so happy. And it almost sounds as if she's like back to the breaking point at that at that moment. But then it's like she physically tries to throw off her dolefuls, And she sits back and just kind of throws her hands up in the air. And she's like, but what's the point? She barely has the curse to step outside her own front door. So, you know, anyway, that said, it's, uh, it's all off. That's why I said she goes through like six to seven emotions. Oh, right. Yes. Half of them conflicting mm-hmm. with each other before it's done. And after all that, Aunt Dan is just like, well, then who who will you travel with? And I I just love the way she sweetly takes it. She's just like, get it off your chest because this is actually what I wanted was for you to just unburden yourself right? with me. I want you to talk to me. I live for your stories. It's not like I can go I jaunting know. on this leg. I mean, this is not the best story, but yeah, she does. She just, I mean, she loves her niece so much. Yes. And so, yeah, she's like, so who will you travel with then?
1: My son. And
0: uh, Anna's like, nobody, nobody, bitch. Nobody, I I'm gonna go alone. And she's like, what? She's like, what? dude, do people do that? Do ladies like, the ladies, do ladies, is that do, something? Do ladies? Is that? Did, what it, <laughs> she's like, look, like I'll have you, Jeannie. And... Well, Anna's like, first of all, no. But also, am I your typical bitch, auntie? No, <laughs> no, I'm not. And then it's like, besides, I'll, I'll take you, Jeannie, and this new groom, Thomas, with me to Paris and take it from there, you know? Play by ear. See what Providence throws at her this time. And it's like, okay. See what Providence throws at you, Anne. What about baby gay She needs you.
1: I, and we know, uh, we know this. And she we says it. This.
0: But I'll get there. I'll start screaming then when she's like, I need you. And poor Anne was just like, Ugh. and I'm literally once again attempting to phase through actual layers of the earth's crust. Because I have moved past the floors and now I'm just trying to get to the equator at this point. So I can just combust entirely and not deal with these feels. But Aunt Anne does have a bit of, you know, she tries to have a bit of advice for her at the end of all that Where she's like, well, you know, moving to Shibden would be a big step for Thirsty Ann. Right. And if her family isn't sympathetic, maybe it's for the best. Interesting scene to end on because you kind of get the idea from what we said earlier about her trying to shirk off her dolefuls that she was just trying to get out of it. Like she was in it. She's remembering how awesome and wonderful and lovely Ann Walker was. She was like, no, no, get out of it. Get out of it. It's fine. It's all off. It's whatever. And then here comes her aunt like, listen, (laughs) listen, it's maybe all for the best. And she was like, it's not for the best because I am. I am what's best for her, but okay, right. Auntie, I see what you're saying. And then there's a knock at the door.
1: And this would be um, someone announcing the servant of Crowsness, Mr. Washington. Yes, that's uh, the guy who's helping her sink the pits
0: and grabs the letter she got from Jeremiah and heads in to see Washington. And the first line out of his mouth is like, Been in the walls, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, fine. I do like his way of asking about what's going on versus everyone else who's just like, Are you all right? What happened? He's like, Been in the walls. <laughs> That seems plausible for Enlista. She's like, yeah, I joined a war. Yep. In the morning. It was over by brunch. And here I am with the after effects. Her reply is after fashion. <laughs> and I like that reply. I, I really did. And he basically is like, look, everything's ready to go. Yep, bitch. Like got We got to ready to we ready to bid. We ready yep. sink these pits. Help! I'm ready to go. I'm ready to jump with you. What we doing? What we doing? And she's like, oh, actually skirt. <laughs> Put the paws on that. Put the pump, pump the brakes on that. <laughs> we're not, we're not doing that right now
1: he's like, well, there's no reason to not do it. I mean, you gave the Russians X amount of time to respond to you. They chose not to. So we went ahead and we scouted for people to bid on this uh, property so that we and he's could like,
0: sink. And he's like, yeah, you're not usually, you know, you're not the type of person to just change your mind and shit, Miss Lista. So what's up? What's going on here? And it's just like, look, okay, um, so my circumstances and my prioritize have altered a little bit, just a little bit. And um, my girlfriend and I are not a thing. So I don't know. It's complicated. It's really complicated. I don't know what's going to happen. So I just want to pause. I just want to pause and reassess and be certain that, you know, I'm making the right choices and stuff. And he's just like, Okay. Because I feel like every time he tries, like Anne is always shocking him. Like when he she was like, I'm gonna sink the pits, he was like, Can you really do that? She's like, Bitch, I could do it. And now he's like, We're sinking the pits. She's like, We're not doing that. He's like, Oh, are we not?
1: But I, I just, we were gonna, you said, Okay. You could, all right. Well, I'll follow your lead, mom.
0: <sighs> and after this, we cut to what um, I'm referring to as a very het courtship. Between Susanna.
1: Oh, I think this is when I went and got my drink.
0: Washington, I guess. So um, yeah,
1: and Thomas. You did well.
0: You, I, I mean the Patreon, (laughs) the Patreon listeners will hear when you walked out because I did say like like, you left, and I I said on the mic I was like he left. He really did leave the studio. In case you guys are wondering, he's no longer here watching, (laughs) (laughs) watching these uh, Susanna and Thomas scenes. And I mean, I don't really care, but. Basically, Susanna walks up on Thomas fettling the guy. Yeah, right. cart I was about to say, rock.
1: Thomas is fetling the cart, and, uh, you know, he has one of his prize pigs that he's, um, I guess, delivering.
0: Why the fuck did you say it like
1: that? Prize pigs. What's that, Pharaoh child? What's fettling Thomas? Uh, uh, that's what Thomas <laughs> is doing. Many he's things. He's fettling the feral fucking car.
0: He's really busy fetling that damn cart. And Susanna walks up on him in the road. And, like I said, who really gives a goddamn about these young teenagers Flirting over some pigs. Ultimately, she's like, mm,
1: such a piece of pig, you know. She's like, I'm oh my God, but I gotta go
0: see this woman to like learn how to make dresses. And I don't wanna go because she's so old and like I don't even care about making dresses.
1: But she'll <laughs> give me board and I'll make 20 And she'll give me some fucking shillings. A year.
0: Was it pounds? A lot of was shillings. Is she making pounds? I feel like she's too young to make pounds. Let's, let's make it make sense. If, if Ann Lister's getting 226 pounds for her lower bed, you really think this little girl, an apprentice, is getting pounds per year? I think she's getting shillings. And if you're really, if you're really fucked up, like those kids in the mine, you have one pence and a hay penny (laughs) annually for your employment (laughs) in the mine. Oh lord!
1: And she's like, but I don't want to go. I'm not gonna know anybody there. It's gonna be so boring. And Thomas is like, well, um, it's not like you'll be alone. I gotta do some acts. I will find a way to talk like Thomas. He's Lord, like I, what this? was you I'm know, gonna, like, Forget it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna figure blood, out the accent blood, for blood. Thomas. Lord, <laughs> as long as he likes my products, I'll be up there every minute. My minutes. products. What that, even is this? I told you he needs an Listen, accent. He needs an
0: um, accent. I feel like I need to hold a contest for the listeners and be like, make up names for accents, like what Terrence
1: does on this motherfucking show. Right, and a prize.
0: surprise, prize.
1: And she's like, oh, this is. She was like, what have you been feeding him on? he's like, um, well, you know, the patriarchy. <laughs> I I, can't I would love to Lord, feed Lord, the Lord. patriarchy to the pigs at the sound farm
0: personally I mean I mean I said this to you When we were watching I just found myself and as I've rewatched the show who knows how many times at this point I find myself more and more annoyed at their super simplistic head situation. And it's and perhaps again like I like we've mused that perhaps this is the point. Perhaps this is why Sally has chosen to juxtapose because the only other relationship we see that actually has something to it is this relationship between Thomas and Susanna because it definitely isn't happening with Abbott and Marion or anyone else on the show. It's right. not happening with Eugenie and motherfucking James yet. Definitely wasn't happening with Eugenie and John. So, okay. Many hets have tried. Most of the hets have failed. There's one group of hets or one set of hets that hasn't failed right now. That's Susanna and Thomas. But, you know, I really just don't care. Best of luck, I guess. He offers her a ride and they they ride off with head giggles. Just like fierce head giggles. And, you know, and we just know that they're a match made in straight people heaven we just know yeah. because it was already said to us in that other episode two episodes ago and we just knew right.
1: from the minute they
0: locked eyes that they were destined
1: i mean i personally tuned out but i remember them locking eyes together and then the inner avril levine theme song just playing in the background oh it's always
0: there yeah. <laughs> he was a boy <laughs> She was a girl. Can, Can I, I make, make it, it any more obvious? obvious? Sally, no, you can't. You've made it plenty obvious, and we thank you for your hard work. So whatever. We leave them. They they end the scene. They seem to be going. And by the time the episode's done, we're like, sure, okay, yeah, okay, this is what's happening. This is happening with y'all. Congratulations. We we leave. And this is actually what got me fucked up now that I'm thinking about it. We cut directly from the head propaganda of just like, oh my God, do we like each other? Let's get married in the morning. Like, you know, Enchanted, when she meets the guy and they're like, let's just get married in the morning. It's like that. And then we literally cut to gay love at the gallows, which is what I'm going to call it. Because and Walker yes. is dreaming about hanging in York. I presume that's York. And she's dreaming about hanging in it. And um, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible.
1: So um, there's some people calling what they've been doing, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, abominations. And they're being told that, you know, they're going to burn. A, yeah, it's a total mob scene of people right. cheering. There's this um, interesting parish who I guess is supposed to represent religion saying that he things are... looks like a cardinal.
0: Are, You're talking about the guy yes, who's speaking all the hateful words? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He look like a cardinal.
1: Uh, if you lust with one of your eyes, you should rip it out. If you sin with your hand, you should chop it off. It's better to lose the one member I'm like, but does that
0: apply to dudes? Does that apply to dudes? Uh, and all of their sexual no. impropriety. Oh, oh, dear. Well, see, that's the misandrist in me saying, but is the rules, are we applying all these ridiculous Old Testament rules to everybody or just the gays? Is that, is that where it begins and ends?
1: Uh, I'm going to say that's where it begins and ends, unfortunately. More than likely. And so she's just, again, in her dream. Also, you're not, you haven't
0: noted the fact that in her dream, she is out here looking like Ann Lister does in real life. They both look like someone has laid hands upon the both yes. of them. And once again, Candace is triggered. Once again, Candace can't deal with the fact that women out here were bruises and battered things and things. And I have to presume that they were inflicted upon by a man who had custody over their persons
1: until they were brought to the places. I agree. To hang. I and like I didn't like it. I feel I like, like their jailer was very rude to the two of them. Because how nice do you have to be to something you're supposed to consider an abomination? So that just speaks to, you know, not nice at all. Not nice at all. Cruel.
0: The opening line is like hang the holes. Right. And I'm like, whores I was like, Where are you? You said horse? that whores. I said whores is women are they lustful at? women. Because right. that's one of his first lines. If you lost. And I'm like, I know. Where are they at. And um this scene They is, missed the, they
1: missed the lustful is, woman. Well, actually that, that
0: part made me laugh because I was like, Well, if there's if there was a lustful
1: woman <laughs> okay.
0: in this, and okay. to be fair, like we could we could look at this in a humorous way, too, because if there <laughs> like if there's if there's a way to torment yourself over lust. And like the trueness of like what you know to be inside of you, of how deep your thirst go, how deep your lust goes, how freaky freak it gets. Ann Walker knows. And we've made plenty of jokes about Ann Walker's thirst and desire and all that stuff. So she is really tormented. She's out here listening to sermons or scriptures saying, oh, this lust, this lust will turn you in. And she's like, bitch. I'm pretty sure no one's ever had lust like me on all of the face of the planet Earth and doesn't even know what to do with me half the time. Clearly, clearly I'm going to the bad place. (laughs) This
1: lust makes me an abomination. This lust will destroy me. Right.
0: She's like, this lust makes me an abomination. No one understands this lust. Not even myself. This thirst is out of control. Spans time periods and centuries and realms and planetary bodies. I'll say all of it.
1: So, as she's uh, scouring about with her eyes, scanning all of her surroundings, as she's being carted towards the gallows, um, she's she makes contact eye contact with Anne Lister, who is beside her, and she has the most serene look on her face. And Anne yeah. Walker, she doesn't understand why that look is serene. She doesn't understand. Oh, but,
0: well, see, I was about to get really meta and be like. But doesn't she? Because it's her mind and thusly it's her subconscious making these images. So, on some level, she has to know. I mean, because this is where this is the angle I can identify, like which is doing. that she, because of everything Ann Lister has said to her and how we were talking about last episode, where she's like, bitch, like, I love and only love the fair sex. And, you know, hey, if somebody was trying to trying to hang bitches for loving women send me to the fucking gallows bitch because i'm going i'm hanging and so this is this is what ann walker knows she knows that she's tormented in these very real ways but she also knows that there's this woman ann lister who is a woman of faith she believes in god she believes in all this fucking shit and yet she is calm in this moment because i feel like in my mind she's like worth it fucking worth it got a wife have this partner, worth it. I know I'm good with God. Worth it. These people are going to the bad place. Not me, like that same fucking energy she had with motherfucking worth. She's good. She'd be going to the gallows like, y'all bitches, y'all bitches are gonna burn. This is gonna be super fast for me. And I wanna think, in my mind, anyways, that that was part of, and Walker's manifestation in her night terror—this idea that, like, I'm, I'm, am ter- in torment. I don't know what's going on. I can't deal with the fact that I'm so lustful and so this, that, and the other. But she looks at her bay and she's just like, oh. "Yes, we're about to hang." But gosh, you—did I tell you how great you look in, this, in your frock? In your
1: frock this morning. It's now, fantastic. I would love to imagine that if we were dealing with a uh, personality or an identity. Like a dissociative situation that it would be like, you know, hopefully the sending of the docile Anne to the gallows to be like there's no longer a docile Anne. That's interesting. There's only well, I mean, if there's one thing we want
0: Anne Walker to have in the course of this show existing is backbone and confidence. We want her to flex, we want her to have courage. Oh my
1: god! We want That's, her to flex. We do. Let Ann Walker
0: flex. That's what And not we just want. her
1: leg muscles and And Kegels, right. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. I mean Bitch, how
0: much did you have over there? How much gin I, did you have?
1: I, I can't look I got opened the ginger ale, Whoa, nah, nah, I took it nah, to nah, here. Nah, 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 and then I did that. <laughs> and then I, I sip down and then I got some pineapple oh so you put it in a can then, yes
0: that's alcoholic behavior because that's what alcoholics do <laughs> Tara say hide the booze
1: see mine mine is in a
0: clear glass you can you're see right, how ridiculous and jaunty right. I'm getting you're like yeah. let me hide this in my ginger ale can Yes, because <laughs> yes. I saw you sipping that yes. and my fucking naive ass was like oh he's I'm surprised he didn't go for the Izzy today. He wants the ginger ale. And you're like, bitch, That's there's gin in there. (laughs) Which reminds me is that a friend of mine, they donated like some, I don't know. It's like, it's like supposed to be some sort of special, probably hipster tonic water. But what you put with gin. Because I was like, I don't really drink gin that often, let alone gin and tonics. And he was like, this is what you got to use. So I got it. So we will be breaking that out for the nightcap. And uh, best of luck to you and to us with whatever happens there. We don't know.
1: We don't know. We're going to be that. down. TBD.
0: Oh, the upside down. Good reference. (laughs) Good fucking reference. I mean, this whole scene is just fucked up. And like we said before, I don't understand why Mrs. Priestley is in the scene in like some beautiful green outfit. Like just looking. She was having the time of her life. She was. No, you're right. This was the event of her life. This is what she wanted to see. Um, And her curls were all tight and shit. And so she got dressed to the hang-in. She was like putting on my Sunday's best to watch these women hang in New York. Oh, I also just wanted to comment on how, I mean, I don't know what you think about this, but, you know, with Anne Walker being non-diagnosable, really, you know, people can just sort of speculate based on what we knew. And so we know mental health issues, levels of anxiety, depression. And with this issue of hearing voices, there are a number of diagnosable things that sometimes hearing voices goes along with that. And I don't know if you've ever known anyone who's had... um something and then maybe gone through like a manic moment, maybe off their meds or just sort of like like whatever it is that the meds potentially keep at bay. Right. Um, where they just sort of like, where it could be voices, out. they sprout out and they kind of go haywire. And so what I liked about how she shot this scene, and I'm not sure if this was her intent, but when we open the scene and there's all those things being said, they kind of represented to me like the Haters of Halifax. Yes. Because it's something like, like you said, if your right eye causes you to sin, rip it out. And then on the side we have, and all this, I had turned the subtitles on to make sure I didn't miss anything. Well, I always watch it like the third or fourth time with the subtitles. But after the cardinal or, you know, person says about your goddamn eye. If your eye is a shitty eye, you hear, burn in hell. And then he's like, if your right hand caused you to sin, cut Sh- that shit off. Out. And then you hear, fear thy God. And then he continues, for it is better to lose one of your members than yep. that your whole body goes to hell. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. It was a place made for everlasting torment and punishment. And then you hear, just before the sequence ends, you are going to die. And it's just sort of like, oh my God! Like, this has to be a manifestation of literally what's happening in her head. Mrs. Priestley, mother fucking Park kill, shitty letters other stuff horrible things and it's just swirling around there and it's manifested in this crowd that's just like throwing all this stuff back to her and um, I just thought it was really well done I almost wish it went a step further but I'm glad it didn't because I would have suffered with that. Like I wouldn't have minded if they tried to increase our perception of Ann Walker's mania by just having the crowd be even more intense than they were. But I would have suffered as a viewer.
1: Or to have the vision actually extend up until when they actually reached the gallows. Absolutely
0: not. Absolutely not. There's no way. First of all, not only would I have turned off, the episode at that point if i had to watch those bitches get to gallows okay i will say not to the gallows but like if i had to see the noose because this is what disturbed me a heck of a lot i have to be perfectly honest the in me and also i'm not a fan of just watching content where women are abused right for the critical acclaim <laughs> you know what i mean like it just i get to a point and so you remember the handmaid's tale right did you ever see the second season i think it's the second season not the third one i think one. i would
1: have raged quit. By the second season.
0: I haven't finished it for this reason, but there is a really, and I'm sure other critics out there would be like, oh, it was striking. It was thought provoking. It was whatever. For me, it was just disturbing. And it was a scene of, I want to say second season might be the first episode. Potential spoilers if you guys haven't watched this. Um, skip ahead like 20, 30 seconds. But from what I remember, and I could be wrong, apologies. They were basically going to execute a bunch of a bunch of women who were breaking the rules. So you could be gay and just trying to have a gay relationship with your woman, or you could have refused to have a child, or whatever, whatever, whatever. So the main character is there, and she's being brought to what is ultimately a mass execution. And so as the, as the viewer, you're watching this procession. You're watching the thespians do their work emotionally, as, like you're going up to this. You watch the bitches get on the gallow. You watch them go in the thing. And then what happens is when they do the, the hanging, some people get hung and some people don't. And it's like a, it's like a weird... Anyway, what I'm saying to is that the vision of it I was highly disturbed. I did not like it. I wasn't into it. And I just, it was hard for me to find artistic relevance for me in that, in that show. I'm sure plenty, I know plenty of people watch The Handmaid's Tale and they get something out of it. I just do not. What I get out of it is rage. What I get out of it is Kansas has to go to kickboxing gym. What I get out of it is like break some shit because I just, I simply, I simply cannot. You know what I'm saying? At least give me Olivia Benson SVU punching a hoe in the face. Who's abusing people, don't just show me a man getting away with unchecked sadism and misogyny and abuse, and I just gotta sit there and watch it for critical acclaim because the scene's real good.
1: Um, Terrence, that's a no. That's That would have been yeah, that's that's why I didn't get as far as I did in that show. I mean, everything about I was like, what's the premise? This looks interesting. There are a lot of ladies in this cast. No. No, don't let
0: that fool you. No. That, that's what got me. I was
1: like, "Oh, look, it's women," no. and I
0: was like, "Wait a minute, right? The women are being—they're being sexually assaulted. They're having the babies of men. Where's the turn up? Because again, I'm just like, where are the bitches who separate themselves,
1: right? we Where the prison. bitches who going out in a right. burning
0: rage of glory, who's like, I'm—I'm I'm going,
1: I'm going to die, but I'm going to take all these dudes with me at the same point like, in could time. Could you imagine if there'd have been like this sect where it was like the the marauders are coming? Who are the marauders? Oh, those who turned their back against law and government after we enforced all these restrictions on ladies." And it's really just women it's out all here, women. right? It's They're all women. women. The they okay. okay. are all women. Okay.
0: Sorry, I'm yelling, and it's just, it's just, it's just because the show came back into my head, and I feel like I mentioned it to you because I, I, I said that they like, they had a a really great premise, and I don't know if that really means they had a really great premise or if I was just in love with the one thing that they had, but the name of the show was called Dominion on sci-fi channel and it was debatable what what you might like or not like about the show but what i absolutely liked was that it had a part of my fantasy which i've definitely thought about a long time for post-apocalyptic stuff which is something happens the world as we know it ends and we enter a new phase and societies break off into their own thing and there's a society of bitches who are like fuck dudes for the most I part for the most part like maybe you let a couple dudes in dudes that are cool Dudes that are queer, but on the whole, you're like, you know what I've learned about life and lessons? And since we are in the apocalypse, let's look at who to blame. Who do we have to blame? Probably mostly dudes, definitely for sure, mostly dudes. So you're like, how do we potentially preserve ourselves in this post-apocalyptic situation? We go over here and the dudes go over there. And so in the show, there was a woman, actually, Dominion was the first place that I saw Florence Kasumba, who plays Ayo in Black Panther. And she had a bald head. let me tell you, she was a violent bitch in this show. Who was a lover to
1: a lady so when i saw
0: she was on she was like hey i so was like she ah! was
1: flexing out the gate i see she was right. no really really out the gate and then she came on to the marvel scene like move or you will be moved and i was like that energy that flex that everything
0: <laughs> no that's, that's just the sound <laughs> that's just the sound all like, like but this was like this is this is what i'm saying that in that show it was one of the only shows I can remember earnestly within the past fifteen to twenty years that was attempting the post-apocalyptic thing like we always see, and actually it was like, you know what women might do? They might go off to themselves. You know what queers might do? They might be saying, "We're over here. Fuck y'all. Y- y- y'all yes. destroyed the world right. five to six times over. We're done. We're gonna be over here now, doing us, being jaunty on the side. You ask if you can come in. We say no. We'll visit you. Don't visit us. Right. That's the way it works." So yeah. Anyway, I just that was a really, really random side Rube, But I just want to mention it because um, it pleases me to think back on the fact that at least someone came up with this. Please, friends, don't take this as my endorsement to like go watch the show and love and love and love it. I'm just saying that there's this one part of the show that I really, really loved, and it's canceled now. So you know, Aww. it is what it is. And it's because, and I really think it's because one of those situations where mostly dudes are in charge and they don't realize what they got. That the power uh, of I your agree. show is in these these bitches right here. But anyway anyway you know that's always gonna be my goddamn speech the last thing i was gonna say about ann walker's horrible night terror was the fact that even though it was horrible reminded me of indiana jones temple of doom when harrison ford is like you are going to to die die. because this is those are the cliff notes of ann walker's dreams and then we wait we cut to ann walker waking up alone With a candle. <laughs> but Ann Walker's alone. That's true. And it makes me sad. sad just to think about it because what's worse than having a nightmare, than waking up from your nightmare and no one is there to comfort you? Well,
1: Beyonce said, what's worse looking jealous or crazy? <laughs> and at this point, I would probably... You said... I'm sorry. It's like you were giving a Sunday sermon and like Beyonce said. Right. Uh, look jealous or crazy. You know? Right. Well, what's worse? I mean, at this point she's i mean she she wants to have the favor of her family so i mean she's so she's gotta have some sort of veil over her personal happiness she's over here debating uh, and and walker and walker Mm. where she's like oh i gotta send a note to ainsworth and tell him that he can come back if he wants to and i don't want her to think these thoughts but those thoughts are in her head if she's really thinking of him as the personification of what would be considered, because um, he's a pledge, man. Please Someone stop. who can <laughs> save her soul. After those lies that you tell, boy. You are I- such <laughs> a
0: fucking bitch. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you
1: why you're such a fucking bitch. Because <laughs> as you said that, I heard, you
0: can't And I kept it inside. I kept it inside my fucking head. I didn't say it aloud. I was like, maybe you've had too much booze already. Don't sing that out loud. And here you come in the next part of right. Jules Verse. I should have right. I can't be fucking with you on this podcast not it, trying to sing
1: so and then if you also put that concept together with the terrorist, it's like she's getting sent to the gallows because God is not on her side because she turned God away which oh, is why no. she's like oh well wh- where's that Bible can I have that she's over here she's trying to get her you know good word from you know this really pretty it's beautiful gift that she has where she keeps oh God, reciting the gift. Lord's Prayer over and. Which is what
0: makes it such a great gift. Do you know what I mean? Like, and Lister, I'm sure I'll talk about it more because I, I, I probably wrote a mini essay off my feelings off that last scene where she gives her the Bible because I just feel like the symbolism and just what it means altogether just is very beautiful and exceedingly rare in queer stories for all the reasons that make sense that people don't want to fucking talk about religion with a queer story because usually when you bring up religion it's like oh it's a coming out story and maybe it's horrible or maybe it's a la boys don't cry or just something where you're like there's religion involved in this but bad things are happening and i'm not interested in it and i just feel like i just i just think it's incredibly beautiful that ann walker is suffering from a type of mania and depression that is brought on by these I'll call them misinterpretations right. of religious dogma. But at the same time, Ann Lister is comforting her and attempting to comfort her with her faith. I mean, I just, sorry, I just I think mean, it's really beautiful. A lot of it's people, really beautiful. They
1: won't swim that upstream waterfall. They, they won't. I mean, there's a lot that God. Ann Lister is doing.
0: She is literally trying to help her find self-love through Christ's love. And I just think that for two women who believe in God and they about that shit because like we said Ann Lister prays every day she be reading mm-hmm. scripture every day she tends to grumble too but she also does that and so this is something that is a huge part of their lives a huge part of their personalities a huge part of what makes them them and the fact that this that this like this weird oxymoronic contrasting complimentary thing is happening where like the one side it's like okay religion is causing this thing the other side is causing this comfort and it's like ugh I just love it. That's it. I don't I don't even think I'm being coherent at this time. I blame the booze.
1: Interesting to see someone who's about to get sent away for their mania. That is yes, immediately and directly caused by the faith of the family for a condition slash affliction, quote unquote, that should be easily prayed away in nineteen 25 or wherever we are right 18. now We're Take are 100 18- years oh, back Daddy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking 19th century but yeah in 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 1825 right, right, so right. it's like you're causing this stress you're causing this panic you're causing this break this break is directly caused by religion where it should not be the answer it's the it's, it's the source of all the pain you know, but that's
0: what that's what that's what that's what that, 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 that's where the beauty comes in for me is because I personally do not believe, as we discussed a little bit in the nightcap, I do not think that inherently anything about any of these primary religions should be like, hate yourself, just to break it down. And I did take theology in school because I was like, Well, I want to know all the stuff that all the bigots say, you know, is the stuff and stuff. And that's when I really started getting into Hebrew translations and things of that nature, to be like, oh. And, you know, me, rhetoric is huge. What a word means is huge. So you can't just change a word oh, and be like, it's, the, you same it's the same word. It's not the same word. It's not. They do that all the time. They do it and so all the time. And so I just, I just, I really just sort of appreciate this approach that was taken on Gentleman Jack. Because, like I said, I don't know when we potentially will get on a story like this that will appeal to the people who still, who have faith in their lives and have these conundrums to be like this thing that can be a source of torment and a source of comfort. That it can be something that's re-understood and redefined for Ann Walker, but in the way that it is for Ann Lister, where she's able to have her face, she's able to pray to God and not think that she's going to hell. She's able to smile in the face of the gallows and be like, it's okay. It's good. And I just, you know, I, perhaps I will have more coherent thoughts as the podcast goes on, but I just, I just, I just, I just I'm sorry. Not my most eloquent um, deliverance of words, but we just
1: it's, it's us really, this is an overflow of emo- emotions. It really for is. It really is. Sympathizing with, the, I mean, how do you solve a problem like Ann Walker? She's not a problem. How, you how do you solve a problem solve, like Ann, right, Ann Walker? Or all the Rawsons and all these other people spouting all this nonsense in her ear. Like, she needs to be worth something when she's already a landed woman with a lot of money. Like, she's the prize. She's the prize. You know Washington and, was
0: like, we this this big house is mine? I mean, I feel like that's later in the episode when Susanna and Tom's are talking again. Oh, but yeah. He brings up the house and she's like, that shit ain't ours. Like, Ann Walker gave that to her. Because Ann Walker's. Ann Walker's the shit. Ann Walker's really fucking nice right. and generous. Ann Walker really cares about philanthropy, motherfuckers. Anyway, I, sometimes I wonder, I'm like, Candace, is this going to be you on a street corner just like on your day off? Like, please listen to the good word about Ann Walker. And then Lista, please, I just have something to say. Someone that I mean, people be need to hear. It. You know, why not?
1: And it'd be almost like the anti Hotep because you see a man walk by. Yeah, and the like, anti Hotep, the anti see, 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 see. <laughs> When lesbians
0: get onto the grubble, there's something called the 93% that comes into play. See, right. see, see. <laughs> Let me not give my sermon. Uh, poor listeners. They're like, We're, will these hoes ever stay on track and on topic uh, for an hour at a time? We can
1: we, we try our we best, could, but there's alcohol involved. so it If makes you dare it, us,
0: we will try even harder. Right. But some of you motherfuckers be sending us notes saying <laughs> you love the bullshit. So I, I don't know what you expect. From we'll us.
1: see what's edited and what's not. What's what's what makes the final edit. But I feel like a lot of this might stay in. So uh, I, I think it will. Uh, so this was us lamenting over all of what Ann Walker's going through. 40 minutes screaming about her dream. Yes. And she's just waking up in her room alone. Still screaming. Still screaming. The screaming has went no the dream. No one's in her bed. No one's to
0: give her a hug. That's what started right. me on my screaming. Is that she's alone. And then she has stank ass Park Hill coming in who has no comfort to offer. Just like, what's going on, Ann? What
1: is it? And,
0: and she leaves, evidently. She leaves. Yeah, she could not take it. She just goes. It and Ann Walker says she sent her away but I'm like Park Hill isn't a real fucking friend
1: of course not because she was sitting there with her friend Ann Walker improving in condition with her company and then you say three is a crowd and say that she's facing eternal damnation from the beyond and afterlife and then now you see her regressing in nature and you're like oh this looks like someone should be able to help you um I don't know get better Maybe your health is important after all and not just your eternal soul no
0: it's so fucked up and uh and walker is stammering while park hill is trying to get like what's going on where she's like what is it The voices and park hill just looks perplexed and it's like but bitch you did this you how she do you did. not see the direct correlation when ann lister was around it wasn't this bad you come in talking that bullshit for mrs Priestley, and all of a sudden all of a sudden her voice the voices are back and why weren't you in the room you're not on the grubbles why weren't you why weren't you spending the night but your fucking friend that you claim to love so much or care about so much to make sure that she has a good solid night, why was she waking up alone she, to night terrors? I don't
1: know if she really felt that way about her quote unquote friend i think she just had smoke for ann lister and wanted her gone and with her gone she was like oh okay so it's like sort of babysitting but not really i'm how? you know what let's go
0: to let's go a step further and just call the bitch fake let's call the bitch fake
1: right she's just there for propriety we're family we know what we're doing and you know what maybe family is not always the the answer sometimes you need to replace your
0: family and quiz know that better than most that sometimes your family must be replaced by others that's a word it's a that word a It's fucking a fucking word it's what happens for a lot of people so so it's really fucked up that uh Park Hill has been telling evil het ghost stories to Ed Walker and now that they're haunting her proper she's surprised well cut cut to Jeremiah at Shibden, and this is the last time we see fucking Park Hill and I say thank God thank the Lord that we don't see her again so we're back at Shibden in the scene
1: oh I'm sorry and may your past perfect always be shitty <laughs> May it be shitty forever. May Amen. your pronunciations always be horrific. May they reveal May people your lack shun of you in the streets. May yes. you
0: visit France and be nothing but embarrassed the entire time. <laughs> May people whisper behind your back when you tried to order some tea. No. I thought
1: she was of means. Why is her French so terrible?
0: <laughs> yes, all of that. Um yeah, so we are. We're back at Shibden in this next scene, and Jeremiah is, is also at Shibden, Jeremiah Lawson, and him and Captain Lister in the drawing room making some small talk about Mr. Abbott and how he's made some money, and now he's trying to join all this shit in the town, like, I don't know, committees and stuff, to try and legitimize himself further, considering he's not, like, you know, any part of the aristocracy or gentry or anything like that. So we assume Captain Lister must have asked about Mr. Abbott, because Jeremiah is like, well, why? To which Captain Lister says, well, he's sniffing around Marion. And so you imagine that they started their conversation being like, hey, so what do you do you know anything about Mr. Abbott? Do you know about this Mr. Abbott dude? And Jeremiah's like, well, yeah, I know this, that and the other. Why? Why are you asking me? He's like, well, because he's trying to get with my daughter and I don't know. He's annoying. Uh, Okay. And to that, Jeremiah's like, is he? And then he follows up with, well, that makes sense, you know. And Captain Lister's like, what do you mean? What you mean to make sense? What you know? What you know? And he's like, well, you know, i um, marrying a bit of pedigree, not having any himself. It's like, <laughs> okay. uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Uh, but before the conversation can continue with all its banality, thank God, and Lister interrupts. And she is in the room.
1: I just have to, mm. I mean, we don't get a strong understanding of what time is looking like for this particular moment. And to see that there is a Rawson in, in the house. To Talk about negotiating. <laughs> okay, but
0: didn't we see in the entries that literally up until the end of the year, this motherfucker's right and being like, "So is um is one hundred pounds near the mark?" To Sally's credit, from what we've read, it's hard. Like it would be a task to try and be like, "How do I get Washington, the sentiment?" Of please
1: this? send your eldest daughter to the Rawsons and what? have her read aloud the appropriate note and quote of two hundred and twenty six pounds seventeen shillings at sixpence since he's having difficulty understanding my legibility. Okay, but look where we are, look where we are, <laughs> look where we
0: are. We are in an unfortunate place, which is why I said we taking nothing but L's As Anne stands. Um the ands stands. Oh. Because because we are. Because yes. we were just like, you know, I felt like that um you know that baby that was on the British the British news show who like interrupts her dad. And she like comes to the room yeah. and she's just got her arm. She's jaunting. That to me felt like a jaunty walk. So that's us for most of these past episodes. Just jaunting with Anne, like 226 pounds, 17 she's shillings, six, six, six pence. Thorpe and any per cove. Get the fuck out of my house.
1: Right. And then was there anything else? Right. Exactly. Is there anything else? Is there anything
0: else, bitch? And so when we get to this fucking episode and we have to sit and swallow the reality that the Rossins are having a great day. They likely sent this motherfucker over, this brute over to abuse Anne, they found out as we'll discover later that shit, oh, what she was doing with the, with the price of the beds, they get behind that story. And it's just sort of like, she's taking these L's where it's like, okay, the Rawson's or rather let's not even say Rawson's cause it's Christopher who's pushing back. He's like, why be fair? Why be ethical? Why be moral when I can just be a dick, which is what I'm every day. So this was hard to take. It because was. of how fun it's been. Although I have to say to you, on the first watch and every subsequent rewatch, watch like I was concerned at the time that Anne was completely acquiescing. But when she's like, I'm prepared to give you an abatement on on bed, but she does not give an abatement on the lower. I'm like, yeah! And then she repeats, 226 pounds, 17 shillings, six pence. I'm like, That's okay, right. okay. As long as we keep that, and Lista, my darling, then we're fine.
1: We're and fine. also a 500 pound fee if there's water <laughs> damage on my coals. She's like, and you know what, it... it it shouldn't be no problem, especially if, you know, no one's going to do thing underhanded. Like, this is, we can both agree that this is reasonable. And he's like, I'm going to have to take this back to our brother. Like, why are you both never here? Like, uh, you're
0: Because always- because Christopher is a piece of shit. And uh, remember when Ann Lister walks in and Jeremiah's like, oh, Miss Lista," And he extends his hand and does not shake it. she doesn't she looks at him and I'm just I just want to know what I have to do to to just be able to see a woman like Ann Lister in my life just living their life with zero fucks as she does when it comes to dealing with men because it is a joy and a pleasure to watch her carry on with men this way he also makes a comment afterwards when he notices her face and it's like oh what happened and then Captain Lister like proud dad is like you should see see the other other guy
1: guy. (laughs) hey I feel like he said that often to her about her. Appropriate. Right. Appropriate. Like she's been uh, in many a skirmish in her day. I, I like Young and Lister, <laughs> I'm sure was in a lot of. Tussles. Oh my God. You
0: know what I discovered recently? Because we're never on the Twitter. And then that's where I was like, one of our lovely listeners. Shout out to not a cool girl at Virago 1990. She was the one who put us on to the Jill Liddington event at the New York oh. LGBTQ center. Oh. And also sent us. Info about an event that Ann Choma is doing in Soho. And I was like, Why the what do I have to do to my good Why am I so busy? Why do I do so many things? Why did I not know about this? So we're on the wait list. And I'm well, gonna tweet, I'm gonna tweet Anchoma. I've never tweeted this woman. I'm gonna tweet her directly and be like, listen, Ann Choma I'm on the wait list for this shit, but I will find a way. To get myself into this into this meeting, but eventually Captain Lister is like, it was a wall. Like he he kills his own joke <laughs> after the fact because Anne plays into it too. She's like, yeah, exactly. You see the other guy, motherfucker. Like,
1: don't get yeah, it twisted. He won't be um doing anything like that anytime soon. Anytime soon.
0: Well, I mean, it's like you said, the the conversation progresses with Jeremiah, and he basically is on some fuck shit about the price. She lets him know about the abatement, and next thing you know, is ringing
1: the bell. Yep and that's i mean we'll, we'll hope that this that... abatement is you know good enough for the other ross and then and after um Rolson's collected we don't i don't we don't see him get collected but we do see him leave the room that's when uh, his
0: intellect does not have the range sorry
1: <laughs> i mean but he it doesn't. does not he doesn't yeah he just ultimately doesn't so we're done with him because she rings him out and he is excused he leaves he leaves. he leaves and that's when she can finally have a heart to heart with old captain lister i
0: mean she potentially was trying to get away but he was like hold up hold up uh
1: child a daughter of mine
0: I thought we were thinking a bit,
1: and then she's like, "Oh well, circumstances like, have changed." I she's
0: mean, like, "Bitch, you thought no."
1: know, <laughs> she said, well, "No, but you know, really, I was promised money, but you know, I'm not gonna, I'm, I won't take the money." She's, she's not feeling good. No,
0: really, that's that's essentially what she says is that she's like, "Well, she doesn't know what's going on with Miss Walker because she blows." She's running her cold. cold, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I love that she's like, "It's not her fault. It's difficult with her and her family, and they never leave her alone. They put ridiculous ideas in her head." She had said that I could borrow the money, but I fucking can't Right, because I'm me and I simply refuse.
1: <laughs> I mean, I would feel like I was also just using her along with everyone else. Like I've finished my second brandy and
0: I'm already looking at that almost empty bottle and I'm like, mm. about to polish it off because we haven't got to the scene that's going to completely take me out. Oh, Get yeah, me back no. into them and keep the oh, oh, I, Yeah. I, <laughs> so uh, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. Okay, okay, okay. I just remembered what was my favorite line of this exchange and it's after she sort of finishes that whole spiel and she's like and i, I wasn't walking on a wall dad okay i was i was beaten up i was beaten up probably set by this up. motherfucking christopher Rawson and shit right. and then she says that she doesn't think <laughs> that, that jeremiah can, could knock the skin, skin off, off a of rice pudding, pudding. Terence.
1: <laughs> but i don't put anything past christopher rosson which is how you should treat most that's accurate he's of vile he's disgusting right.
0: He's potentially got a body. He probably got like six bodies. And then
1: she's like, well, you know, he's the reason for the accident. They said he was seen when that little boy n- fell and lost his limb.
0: Exactly. She's like, that's why Henry doesn't have a leg. Then she admits like, hey, dad, you right. You were right to warn me off or, cold because this shit is real nasty, nasty business. business. Real nasty business. But she ends in a typical Lister fashion where she's like, but you know what? I'm not going to be beaten, ho,
1: not by him or anyone.
0: And I'm like, standing ovation. Please, don't be beaten by these men.
1: I'm living right. vicariously Like we, in the 19th right? century. I, I don't make me build a time machine to punch a bigot in the face.
0: <laughs> now, if you invent a time machine to punch a bigot in the face, are you ever coming back to the present? There's so many bigots in the I past. Know, I
1: know, I know. There's so
0: many right now. But you're trying to go to the past when misogyny is also raiding supreme? Good Lord. See, I would have I would, that train. would be my villain origin story is like put Candace in the past. <laughs> Watch
1: the villainy arrive. Right. I would be like the black Ronin.
0: Oh, see? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Sorry if this got a little bit nerdy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> For some of our uh, listeners.
0: Lord. Okay, so where are we after this? After... Uh, uh, why, why
1: would... He... Oh, yeah. After she storms off and says uh, she's not going to let them get away with it. Right. She gets a letter from
0: Cronest. Accordingly, comes into yes. the room um, to announce that Miss Walker's servant is
1: here. Yes. And I don't want to say pale looking. That's not the... But there's, it's definitely a look of James distress. Yes. James? James James. is
0: distressed. It is. The actor who plays James does not have often, he doesn't have a lot of scenes to try to show his range and what he can do. But in that scene, he was like, watch me do it. Watch me do it. And also the scene with Ainsworth. He was like, yes, so look at lo- my eyebrows. Look at my eyebrows. I'm giving different emotions here. how acting. Right. So yes, because it is immediately visible from all the other times we've seen James that he is concerned. He is upset. And everyone at Crow Nest is like, what has happened to our lady? And Walker... And I'm you... wondering if he
1: was actually sent. No, nah, I believe she was no, sent.
0: No, I believe he was sent. And also, outside of Park Hill, everyone in Croness loves Ann Walker because, for what we know, she was, like Ann says, really sweet, really kind, didn't lie. Generous, philanthropic. So if she's in the torments, all of her employees that she probably treats better than most other people are like, not our Ann Walker. Yes, where's Ann Lister? Way? Right. She was here every day. ann right. lister was here every day, that bitch was laughing. Right. She was laughing all the time. And now what is she
1: doing? Right, crying. So this is what you have to think about. This is like some scene we will uh, will notice in the historical nightcap, still drunk. We will notice in the historical <laughs> nightcap if there was at least an illusion I'm about to get drink. in the script. To where we are having some sort of courtingly-esque type of uh, interaction with the staff over at Crow's Nest, where they're trying to figure out what's the best way we can do what and how. And then um, it's, yeah, it's like almost like a rally of... <laughs> This growing fervor of yes, we need to get Ann Lister back in the paint because none oh of God, this is going like, on. This
0: sounds like downstairs drama, like what you were saying to me about Downton oh, Abbey and oh all yeah. that stuff.
1: Yes, yes, where it's like, no, we need Ann Lister the back in the paint. drama,
0: right? And you can't tell me there's no, there's not more queers Johnson around the servants.
1: But that's my own personal but again, it, belief. Right. It didn't, um, right. and they're illiterate,
0: so they can't write letters. I mean, maybe not all, but at least half are illiterate. So the queers that are illiterate that can't write letters, they have to grumble in person. Like you can't. Be as as cute and cool as Anne and Anne when you can't write like Thomas, right. who's like, could you
1: teach me to do more than an X, my love? <laughs> God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. His range is an X. That's his range. But you know what? It worked on his father. <laughs> it worked on his father, so it's fine. A lot of mercy. Okay. <laughs> so yes, Anne gets
0: a letter. Um, from James, who... we don't see
1: a letter of being. We read. don't see it. It's just his it's face. It's a
0: hard cut. It's a hard cut to jaunting back concerned to the face. Concerned to scene. jaunt. Matter of fact, let's hit the music because we don't got many. This That's is not, true. It's rare. It's rare.
1: Okay, and you guys. know, here James, we are. James. Um, he was keeping step. I mean, he wasn't uh, side to side. A concerned step, but a madam? concerned step, let's not go. too far behind her. So his jaunt was a jaunt of importance. Yes, but it just was not.
0: Um. Anna's is walking briskly yes. to see what's happening. And she looks say, worried. She I want to say concerned. she made
1: record time to cross Oh, that was the
0: fastest jaunt she ever did mm-hmm. do. And she looks concerned. And I think that the concern is potentially twofold. She's worried to see her again because that hurt, that pain. But then also she's yes. worried to see what could be happening because so, she does not want Ann Walker to be suffering. So her
1: first surprise when she gets to the estate is that she is not greeted by Harriet. i go cute calling her all these names. <laughs> But Harriet's her, her oh, fucking name. Oh, it is? Oh, I got it right. Harriet yes. right. I'm excited. Wait, wait. <laughs> I got
0: her name. I'm excited. Harriet, this is the first time and she leaving the show. So, <laughs> yes. So, Harriet is gone. Right. That's and her Catherine, first surprise. Catherine right. is back. Catherine and her seven bonnets. We have never been more happy, more excited to see Catherine Rolson than we are in this episode.
1: And, of course, she's confused. She's like, um, you know, I've spent a few days with the envelope you you know you came to, to the lake you know oh, god. and i don't remember her this bad i don't know okay one...
0: but you know what you have to you know we have to, to spotlight is that when ann walks in and she's like oh miss Lista, you're here thank god like automatically it's such a switch and then the second thing she does that is completely different from last time she reaches her hand out to shake ann's hand and ann looks Instead at it like oh at shit it.
1: right like oh shit right
0: because... we evolving this shit up in here that's nice. Hmm. And I just love to see those little tiny things because immediately like, OK, Catherine is on less of a fuck shit than she was last time because, OK, girl, you got some politeness and some propriety. Congratulations. After that takes Anne by surprise, she, she does like her what she does, which is like always one up the chivalry and loveliness because then she like clasps yes. Catherine's hand between hers to be like, OK, yes. OK, hey, how you doing? Here's a reassuring hand move. Where's my girl? But before she asked that, she just asked what happens to Park Hill. And Catherine is like, oh, she thinks Harriet couldn't stand it. And I literally just wanted to yell at Harriet. Uh, I'm still waiting I for really the Ann
1: Lister and Harriet confrontation oh. where it was like, what did you do? What did you say? And why did you leave her here to, to just be by
0: herself and upset? Just alone. That's what you think is cool? That's cool. All right. Yeah. Cash me outside with this horse whip? No. <laughs> I mean I know it's, it's... horse whipping women is not what I'm into. But just and being jaunty with Harriet, that's
1: cool. You know, Eldis Rawson was right when she said most girls are dumb, stupid. And you you know who's in that Sir, number, Miss
0: Park. Thank Hill? you for uh let it, for causing me
1: to spit my brain I- I'm thank so, you so much. I'm I'm so sorry. But it's fine. <laughs> I mean, why would you exacerbate somebody's condition and it'd be like, oh, well, bye. I'm not going to monitor it <laughs> or anything. <laughs> like, well, you'll figure it out. God yeah. a mercy.
0: I don't know why I default to that Rihanna song when I'm stressed, but uh, it's what's happening. Okay, so.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, Catherine, she doesn't, oh, she's trying her best to understand what's going on. Right. She's, she's like, like, I don't
0: know, man. I'm in that the she's... weeds.
1: I'm not the professional here. I don't know the science. But she's not okay. Yeah,
0: she's like, it's been bad before, but never like this. And she's had a nightmare. She's not telling anyone what it's about. And it's like, yeah, because she can't tell you judgmental house what it was about. And she says that she can hear voices in the night, in the dark. And the way she says that, have you ever seen the movie The Haunting?
1: Stop, not the Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So remember <laughs> How outrageous.
0: Apple. No, you know that that Rageous. woman in the movie is like in the night. Yes, she is. In the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but that's exactly what's happening to Ann Walker, according to Catherine. So
1: Ann Lister playing the fixer. She's trying to handle this situation like an Olivia Pope-esque type person would. She's like, okay, first off, your um, correspondence with the the greater family, like you are going to keep all of this numb. Like, mum's word. Don't tell them shit about... what are we talking about? about? What are we talking about? And Walker's a condition. You're not gonna say shit to the Bain family. You're gonna keep... That's true! But that's later! That's later in the episode because after this is when she's like,
0: okay, well, where is she? Because Anne has not seen Anne, Thirsty Anne, Gay Anne, Baby Gay Anne, who was in the Doffles since... It's wrong. It's repugnant. It's queer. And so, as you said, like the day switching, like Sally doesn't give us a specific thing. And I guess we'll check in the scripts and nightcap to see if there's anything there. Like I keep but watching we get the idea. start and be
1: like, OK, some days have passed or whatever. We get the
0: idea. It could have been a weekish because of the amount of healing on Ann Lister's lip and like what they do with the makeup and stuff by the time she's back at Lydgate, That you're like, OK, maybe it's been like four to five days that this last thing happened enough time for park hill to keep doing horrible things and for like horrible things to really set in and then to get to a point where Catherine is already there and being like, can you get Miss Lister? Because I don't think Park Hill would have the space or actually be a good enough person, a decent enough person to admit that she was wrong and that regardless of what she thinks of Miss Lister, this person that provides comfort for Anne is actually what's most important because she cares about Anne. I think we can now read into the fact that Catherine actually cares about Anne because she was able to override her nonsense with her actual concern for her friend and her fucking family member to be like, the only person I know who can get this bitch to maybe cheer up is Ann Lister. So it doesn't matter I mean, I what the fuck her, I think
1: about her. She's coming over here. That's true. She was like, I show her all seven of my bonnets and there's been no change in her behavior. Bitch. I fucking
0: can't.
1: I, like, she threw the water paints back at me. Like, oh, I just, my goodness. I just, I'm at my wits end.
0: So after this, We cut to one of my favorite scenes. I I feel like I said that, you know what, whatever. I've said a lot, it's gonna keep happening. Is it logical? I don't know, guys, let's just roll with it. She ascends the
1: stairs. She ascends the stairs. Her sleeping. uh, She goes into her
0: baby gay's room and she is sleeping. I can only hope and pray, like serenely, like peacefully. (laughs) Not having a night terror where she is hanging with her bae in York. Like, could that be what's happening? She does look peaceful. You hope that for a moment Ann Walker's experiencing peace. While sleeping. And you can tell that Ann wants to touch her. She wants to touch. She wants to caress. But she remembers what she said. Right, Right. That's the realness where she's like, I'm reaching out for this hand because I want to touch this hand. I'm the same person who took your pulse, quote unquote, for an hour when I just wanted to hold your hand. And she doesn't. And she just calls out her name. But I'm like, Ann Walker must not have been sleeping all that deep because he is one Ann. And she's like, what? And so you can either take that to me, she's not sleeping deep, or that's how anxious she was that she hears Ann Lister's voice and she's awake.
1: I like the mixture of the two you know of what? those. Yeah, let's mix it up. And if she's in that same dream, she's got her beautiful... She's finally got a word in. Like imagine if the dream never changed. With Anne not being in the room, it's it's all the people yelling, condemnation, burn right. in hell, things of that nature. And and Anne's just smiling at her and not saying anything. So finally. I know. And it's such a reversal from the other episode. When she comes in and we have that cute,
0: adorable fucking story about, oh, I had to battle Miss Parkhill for who's going to wake you up. <laughs> I won. I won. And you're like, oh, of course he did. Of course he did. And then we have this scene where she's she's not indulging in that thing that they were so comfortable in, which is like, we're we're women in love. We're a couple. Like, let me just touch you as I can. She doesn't. She resists. And Ann Walker's like, fuck that. We are breaching all of the boundaries that you're trying to put back up right now. Because she wakes up and immediately she's like, oh, my God, Anne, you're back. I'm sorry i'm so sorry i thought i would never see you again i thought i lost you for good which we know judging from the diary entries that's real energy from ann walker every single time that she really thinks because of how fucked up her life has been and how fucked the people have treated her that these signs mean you're done with me Mm -hmm. you're done and it's like what we saw in the early episodes episodes three where she was like you're gonna you're gonna be fed up with me episode four you're gonna tire of me you're gonna be done like yeah you say you want to get married and i'm super excited and happy about this but also I can't possibly fathom you wanting me around for a lifetime. And that just fucking breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. makes me sad. But yes, uh, she, she wakes up to the love of her life, trying to be stoic, but that doesn't really work out for Ann Lister for very long. Like she doesn't do the return hug right away, but I think there becomes enough like kisses and pecks that she's like, I can't help but like, What's going on? Like, she probably thought to herself, thought I to myself, I will be steely (laughs) and not give affection to Miss Walker because of what she said to me. And then all of that stuff goes out the window,
1: I think, when Uh. Anne Walker wakes up. Well, with hysteria, I don't know if Anne was attributing most of what she was saying to, like, uh, you know, stages of, like, uh, again, trying to be settled from a place where she was unraveled, where I was like, you know what? I will agree to anything to never feel this abandoned again. And Lister expressed something of that fear later on the episode when she proposes,
0: where she's like, and say yes, because not because you're afraid to be alone, not because... And so I think that's a part of it, that that's those are obviously factors. And that's actually perhaps a line that is more relevant when you read the books and the diaries, because it, from what we see in the show, it's a little hard to discern that and Walker is flip-flopping back and forth. Because in the show, we only really get a couple of times that she does it before we are, we're here. I mean, you know, at this place of turmoil. So I feel like this is one of those things where you see the inside of, of Sally knowing a lot about Ann Lister's life and all these different things where this is put in, even though there's not necessarily a bunch of stuff in the actual episodes to say, this is what's happening.
1: No, I mean, you're right. Unless you're really looking for it, you're not seeing really in the show Ann Walker saying, but maybe I shouldn't. But maybe I should, but maybe mm-hmm. I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It's only it's condensed to just say this is how the family feels. And she respects her family. So she's sort of sipping the Kool-Aid the family's pouring out, but this is how she feels when she's with Anne. And she loves how the taste that Kool Aid tastes. So she's like, This is what Pun I want. Intended. So, right, so when you're Sorry with Sorry guys, me, dirty jokes, dirty jokes. <laughs> when I'm riding my pony oh.
0: I, you every time i try to keep myself (laughs) from going into the pit of depravity here you come to push me in or rather kick me in like that motherfucker from 300 full chest kick into the pit of depravity but please
1: continue she feels mighty real she she knows what real if what it feels like and it's just that she forgets when ends away Mm, and then mm -hmm. that's You know, that's part of that speaks to the courage that Lister wishes that Ann Walker had, you know, so
0: it is. And and Lister is not able to steal herself against thirsty Ann Walker and all of her pleading and begging and those eyes.
1: I mean, how could you like
0: you can't like you could say to yourself, I'm gonna be like this when I get over there. And then you get over there and you see Ann Walker and you're like, "Okay, so my plans have just Pulling out of the window. I'm completely unprepared for how to deal with this situation. Eventually, Lister threw Ann Walker's a profuse apologizing, and kissing and touching her face and neck. And then, a few moments, she's like, "Wait, what happened? What's what happened to you? What's going on?" And here we go. Ann Lister for her bullshit. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing happened.
1: I me? love that Ann Walker noticed Ann Lister's face and was like, "What okay. is going on?" I... Because she just had nightmares consecutively with this bruised Ann Lister by her side. She <laughs> was triggered in that moment. <laughs> She's like, "Wait, the dreams? Did the dreams escape? Like, is this the dream? Am I still dreaming?" She will be
0: really concerned. And actually, this is something else that I will be entering into my you know, full, full warning. I feel like I've said this a couple times, but you guys, episode seven is next. We have a nightcap in between, but surely, you know, if you've listened to this podcast from the beginning that I have a lot, a lot of words, for Mariana, who really knows? We might break episode seven's review into two parts, depending on how ridiculous I get when it comes to Mariana, but we are there. We are approaching it. I have a lot to say. And part of what I wanted to say is what you said to your point. Like, I don't think she had that same energy that Thirsty Ann had.
1: Oh, oh yeah. No, no. I mean, not when she has. That's like saying, you know, she's for. I would say she understands what it means to be with the winning team as in 93%. But she also has, um, you know, I, if anyone was man keen in the life of Ann Lister, it would be Mariana. Oh work. by definition. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure.
0: And so I don't think that Mariana was the type to to get back to what I was saying, to be to have primary concern for Anne Lister over herself per se. And that's not to suggest that you should prioritize someone more over yourself. I just think that, you know, there are people who are more prone to that kind of behavior and yes. Anne Walker is one of those. Mariana, from what I can glean, is not. So it's a completely different thing and
1: like all the services yeah. run around asking if you're okay. I'm right. here physically to see if you're okay. And the first thing you say when you notice my face is asking me if I'm okay. I'm here for you. The focus. Let's let's draw it right. to you. What are your what are ailments? You need? How and are she's you? She's like no, you but feel. your
0: face. What's happened to my bay? <sighs> and so, and Lister eventually endeavors to ask, like, what's wrong? Or rather, she's like, people are worried about you, like intensely. <laughs> I'm getting letters. There's a lot of concerned heads downstairs. Hey, you wanna to talk to me about stuff? And is that when Ann Walker starts talking about the, the voices?
1: I think that she asks her to spin a knot. No, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah, you're right. Because
0: when she asks Thirsty Ann to tell her what's going on and tries to look her in her eyes, Ann Walker just kinda like clings to her waist, mm-hmm. like a goddamn buoy in the water, you know, like when you, you swam out too far and you don't know if you got the legs to make it back to shore. She's like, I'm gonna just cling to this buoy for a second, see what happens. That is Ann Walker clinging for dear life to her only yes. goddamn lifeboat, life vest, fucking flotation device. That's all she has. Her literal light in the darkness has appeared. Yes. What is she supposed to do but cling to a hell?
1: I guess that was rhetorical, but no,
0: what is I she mean, supposed I mean, to
1: do? Yeah, she's just... I mean, and Walker, remember who you are. Just, just, I need her to just,
0: love. It just heart shattering in this scene because she clings to her and she just pleads for her to promise. And, and Lister eventually is like, but you said what we did was repugnant and queer. And she's trying to like temper what right. she's feeling with like the logic. She's like, no, and take it all back. I of sharp baby gaze, like, no, 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 I love you. Like, I, I don't know what the fuck I was saying. I want to be with you. Right. I want to marry you. I
1: just can't travel because, you know, I don't feel like. She's like, my sleeves
0: be... of thirst are fragile and easily affected by the hateful heads of Halifax, but that <laughs> doesn't change my feelings for you. And she's so fucking loud and thirsty that Anna's like, hold up, ho, what the, the door's still open. Right, like, right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, see, now I know you, you in a way because you just out here screaming about marriage. Like, like, we're not still in Halifax. I'll take
1: and... the sacrament. I'll do whatever you
0: ask. I'll do all this. <laughs> She's like, I'll do everything. I'll do everything. That one thing you said, you went to try? No.
1: Sorry. A part of me was wondering. That, I don't think there. that would take inventing for a Ann Walker, Part of me by was away. wondering if she was saying that out of some uh, veiled belief that Ann Lister was also the cause of some of these problems, where it was like, oh, which depending on. What problems do you mean? Uh, the, the, some of the hauntings. Where, mm. yes, she, I don't think that she can attribute blame to a Ms. Priestley even though she knew she didn't want to speak to her, she's like, I'm going upstairs. Miss Reese is coming. I got time for this. But when she <laughs> came back down and heard all Miss Parkhill had to say, I don't think that she attributes how she feels to damn you, Miss Parkhill, for all of those things that you put in my head. I think it's, oh, that these thoughts, these thirst I have for Ann Lister is so immoral, immoral. It's, right, um, but that's what's so different
0: about Ann Walker as far as we can tell from her diaries and from her actual actions is that her Her turmoil and her if you want to call it self-hate and the things that can happen when you you hate parts of yourself because you feel like it's wrong. Repugnant, queer. That was completely and entirely focused in her own direction. She never really focused it out in Anne's direction. Unlike Mariana, or even plenty of other women, Anne Belcombe, other people who were like on the grubble and like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this again. Or Anne would be like, do you love me? Let me try to get you to say you love me. And so many girls like, I really can't. I don't even know if I can say it. Anne Walker said she loved her the minute that bitch was near queer. So And that's as gay as it gets. Like we discussed it. We said, that's pretty gay. There's a lot of gays that can confirm that. Oh, sometimes you can get that shooketh by the grubble. That that is what happens to you. That it might've been on the precipice of your tongue. That happens. And it's just, you let it all fly. You let all your words fly. And whether or not that's a good idea, that remains to be seen. But that's Dan Walker. And I think that's the conundrum of of her existence and why I love the character so much and the real life person is because it's a beautiful conundrum and even more so because she existed in such a time where it would have been harder, much harder to be this conundrum, to be a gay person with mental health issues and these self-esteem issues and like these sexual assault issues that complicate so much of your behavior that none of these humans really understand to even help you. So all you literally have is your partner. All you literally have is the person you maybe choose to walk the world with and I just, i said i don't i don't have an end to that it's, sentence no I just, but
1: it's 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 a lot it is a lot this episode and then look we're probably She She'll say she'll do everything yes. but go abroad
0: because she's like right. I, right. i'll do everything you want except go abroad because i can't travel right now not in the state i'm in and and lister replies no of course not you know we need to get you better first of course i, right. I can't take you traveling like this girl what and then she does the same plea again like please 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 don't leave me again Promise me. They the night, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's so fucking raw and vulnerable and a complete intensity shift from her usual mild request of and hey, would you stay all night? <laughs> like there's <laughs> such an intensity shift. Right. It's like what we said from the twenty to one hundred, that's Ann Walker with this, Oh, would you like to um could you stay all night? Like you know, just send a letter with you to Eugenie to pack a bag to promise me i need you you need to be here so i'm telling you right now that this is actually what i need to survive so are you gonna help me survive or
1: right i will haunt you from the after realm <laughs> if you choose to let me die by choosing to not stay with me the night exactly i want to say th- that there was a s- cut to <gasps>
0: oh wait a
1: minute in this sequence of things that are
0: happening and Saran Jones again because such an impressive performance this episode she's just st- She's just caught up she's like I don't even and you just see it on her face she's like I don't know what to do like I want to be here I want to help you I want to make you feel better I would like to grabble, but also like these other things I'm trying to make sure that I'm keeping myself safe that I'm right. doing what I need to do for me yes. but I need to do what you want me to do? And I just, I don't know what's going on. They're both, they're both in the Doffles. They're both fucking confused. After Ann Walker is basically just sort of like, you know, don't leave me again, promise me. The response Ann Lister manages to come up with, is just like, I'll do what I can. And the first time she starts it, she can't even finish before Ann Walker's like, promise me, Mm -hmm. I need you to promise me. I need some aspect of relief right now. And that can only happen if you promise me right now. And Ann Lister just repeats, I'll do what i can for you and it's got like this sad smile where she's trying to reassure like look i i don't want to lie to you in this moment and say i'm gonna do this thing i'm just gonna do it i can't and i don't even know what the fuck that is girl i don't i don't know and of course ann walker follows immediately after that where she's like well will you stay tonight how about tonight please please stay tonight and of course ann well like I, don't, I can't answer these okay right. um yes I mean, she's, I mean, she's struggling. She's struggling because she's obviously still so hurt and her body yes. literally, her body literally still has these actual bruises from that day to remind her of yes. that day and how shitty it was, making it extra hard to move on. I just feel like any plan she had went out the window. I feel like she definitely yep. planned how she was going to work and talk to Ann Walker when she got over there. And then she gets there and she looks in her face, those looks we see and the kind of stuttering is because she's just like, I, off my plan. What?
1: God damn I agree. Man.
0: She goes to the ends of the earth with her thirst and her need for Ann Lister, like straight actual need. Because she actually says it after that to Ann Lister. She's like, I need you. I need you here. Because you see, there are some very strange things that have been happening.
1: Yes, this is when she confesses.
0: And she said, no one believes me, but you will. And God, I just like the levels... To what she just said, there's so many levels because it's really not about the actual fucking voices that don't exist in the three-dimensional world for Ann Lister here. It's about how Ann Walker relates to Ann Lister and how much she puts in that, that all these other people, invalid, Mm -hmm. you can't do anything, you don't have any intelligence, or you're just irrelevant, basically. Your money is relevant, but you are irrelevant. And of course, the one person that she'd be like, if anyone gets this, if anyone will believe me and know that I'm telling the truth, it's you because you see me, you see me as I am. And so just, can you just stay and help me and be with me because I need you and see me. And I just don't see how Ann Lister, no matter what the fuck she was saying in her head right. about the grubbles or marriage could not return to Ann Walker's crib and be like, I will do for you what I can as long as I can until my heart is in a million pieces. And I just can't take myself out of Shipden because if you ask me, if Ann Walker does not go in this telling to Scotland, isn't that the eventuality of Ann Lister? Do you see Ann Lister actually traveling to Europe while Ann Walker is still in Halifax on the Doffles?
1: I'm going to say no. Me That's
0: too. I'm going to say. say no too. I'm going to say no too. That I think she was that. We would have seen her contradicting and talking herself like we do all the time right now. Where she's like, no, I'm done with this bitch. I'm done with this hoe. Like, I would love to be credibly free from this madness, this insanity. And then two days later... I was at Miss Walker's. I <laughs> Fed her, her gruel, rubbed her back, you know, read some scriptures, tried to help her get out the doffles. So no, I don't. I don't believe that. Or rather, I do believe that she would.
1: And then poor Thomas. Well, Thomas would be to end Lister as a groom. How much of current society has these um, monthly pre or advance paid credit card paid you know gym memberships where it's like you know I can go to the gym at any time. I could travel out of. Uh, Halifax at any time with my groom but you know I have things to do here so I'll just hold off but he's on payroll so he's getting paid payroll. he's taking me nowhere <laughs> as I'm not leaving my girlfriend but you know it's but for when Good I Lord. do need it it's there so yeah
0: yes and as Ann Walker continues she she says that um it's something to do with the clock on the landing which we get some insight into later on in the episode. And then for a second, we actually hear a Foley sound of the clock.
1: I was like, that clock is loud. Easily heard. It was loud.
0: They were like, turn the volume up for this so the audience can know. I really love that, though, because they were like, in case you missed this fucking clock, let's turn up the Foley for you. And it's a bit of a peek into Ann Walker's mind. And again, I'm going to keep going with this because it's fun to have conjecture about this. But also, like, artistically, I just wonder about it because getting back into Ann Walker's state of mind and her fixating on this clock, I don't know... If you have the ability to do this, where if you focus on something, it's louder. You know oh what I yeah, mean? right. And so I'm a very light sleeper, for instance, and that's super annoying because I have excellent hearing, like too good of a hearing, because I hear way too much, and I sleep really, really lightly. So that means if my cat is like, eh, I'm like, oh goddamn it, bitch! I was trying, I was in REM. That in this ding dong, it maybe isn't just for the audience to be like, look, there's a clock, but also like to be inside Ann Walker's head. That in that moment, she heard the clock that loud. That is absurdly loud for normal ears, but for how she's hyper fixating on these things, perhaps normal. After we hear the sound, and Lister just kind of looks down with concern. And Walker continues that she knows it sounds bizarre, but that she's not making it up because she never does. She never makes things up. And right, I believe that not shit. A liar. She's not a liar. She's right. not a liar. And you can just see the general confusion and torment on her face. Where She's just like, I just I wish this wasn't happening, but it is actually happening for me. I mean, and again, I just have to give major props to Sophie Rundle for this episode because this it's just this would have been the one to submit. I just feel like with Anne Walker, especially because with this podcast, we spent several weeks in the diaries musing over the courtship and just the sheer day-to-day agony and gay thirst of Ann Walker and Ann Lister trying to do life together. On the page, you get this sense of, of anguish and how Ann Walker is this enigma in Ann Lister's life that ultimately makes no sense, not to Ann Lister anyway, for what's going on. And when you read how she goes back and forth about what is right and moral and good and well, I think I was just saying all that to say that she really gets the torment right of what we see in oh, the diaries. Oh, yes, she does. Of genuine, earnest pain and confusion. Like, you get the sense that Ann Walker, despite all this ridiculousness, is very good, very honest, very sincere person who is literally at the whims of her mental health and these people around yes. her for some sort of stability that is often fleeting, unfortunately. Hi, guys. Hello. Guess who? It's us. (laughs) And we are at another intermission, it seems.
1: Yeah. I guess we just took, I don't know It took a lot of time and it was a lot of
0: booze And there were some days in between us finishing this recording And being demanded that we get our jaunty asses back in the studio Because a compression was attempted a number of times It did not work, or rather it did work, but it sounded horrible We didn't want that for you guys So they said, get your fucking jaunty asses back in here Record an intermission, you motherfuckers talk a lot about the ends So, So, yeah,
1: here we are at the end of part one
0: Here we are at the end of part one very lively, very jaunty, I'm sure. Lots of screaming and more of that in part two, plus some sobbing for sure. Coming up soon. Enjoy. Bye.